Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on your Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podamen, Spotify, Stitcher, Double Twist, TuneIn Radio. Thank you always for downloading and listening to the show. Always, always grateful for that. Please do download instead of streaming the show. Would help for potential business opportunities in the future. Always, always grateful for those of you that download rather than stream the show. Well, the Minnesota Vikings went into Lambeau Field. Windy, cool Lambeau Field after a couple of nice warm days. The coolness is back, at least for one day or so. And then we get the nice warm week to get some more lawn cleanups done. <laughs> Welcome to the month of November. Hope all of you had a happy Halloween. The Minnesota Vikings, after just falling apart at home versus an awful Atlanta team, but of course a motivated, sugar-high Atlanta team with their interim coach, go into Lambeau Field and end up winning the game 28-22. to Yes, you've heard that correct. The Minnesota Vikings defeated the Green Bay Packers 28-22. to Those of you that may have been, uh, you know, intentionally waiting <laughs> until after the game and didn't want to have any spoilers along the way, that type of thing. Yeah, the Vikings beat the Packers in Lambeau Field. Of course, no fans, no obnoxious Green Bay fans, except for the piped-in stuff. Every time something went against Minnesota, they piped in the noise. So you got a similar feel to how it feels like when things go well for the Packers versus the Vikings, but, well, we won. Yeah, we won, and uh, <laughs> I'm not jumping for joy, not dancing, not super excited. It was a very fun game to watch, and you got to see Walter Payton in purple, basically, today. He was literally like a Walter Payton. That would be Delvin Cook, 163 yards on the ground, and the first half was much more exciting than the second. Okay, I'm just kidding. The uh, first three quarters were more exciting than the fourth, we'll say. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is going to pick up the pace in that fourth quarter, and things will get better and better. Uh, three touchdowns for Delvin Cook on the ground and a receiving touchdown, as in a catch and a scamper. Again, Walter Payton style, you could say, because Walter Payton could catch the ball and scamper to Payton. Just watch uh, on YouTube, Walter Payton, best running back ever, or greatest running back ever, and uh, you'll see every single spectacular play he made, basically, in about 11, 12-minute uh, video. Absolutely unbelievable. And uh, Delvin Cook reminds me of Walter Payton today more than any running back uh, on the Vikings really has, actually. Kind of a similar style. Not just relying on power, not just relying on speed, but shiftiness, this and that. And not just relying on shiftiness. It's a combination of all three. Uh, Four touchdowns for Delvin Cook. So if you had him on your fantasy team, the odds of you not winning that game would be like the Vikings losing to Seattle a few weeks back. Which again shows how the NFL is a game, uh, game of inches. An absolute game of inches. Imagine if you beat Seattle. Imagine if you actually showed up and played Atlanta. (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. Imagine this and that. Uh, Imagine if you showed up and played against Green Bay in week one. I mean, it's just, it's crazy how much different the season could have been. Imagine if Daniel Hunter was healthy. Imagine if Yannick Ngakwe was, (laughs) you know, still here with Daniel Hunter. This and that. Imagine if uh, Anthony... Ah, screw him. I'd rather have Eric Wilson anyway. <laughs> you get the idea. Anthony Barr, yeah. Uh, wow, this was it was fun to watch. It's just, again, you want to tank for Trevor. You want to get the highest draft pick possible because you want a franchise quarterback because there's one thing still looming large despite uh, Delvin Cook being the first Minnesota Viking, period, to get four touchdowns in a game since Ahmad Rashad, the year I was born, 1979. That was 41 years ago. Ahmad Rashad, you know, NBA inside stuff, that guy, yeah, the former Viking, and uh, obviously a big basketball fan and big friend of Michael Jordan, yeah, that guy, yeah, played for the Vikings as a wide receiver and was a lot of fun to watch, 
but unfortunately his career wasn't super long with Minnesota. It just wasn't because people get hurt, this and that, and that's why the NFL's law, uh, name is not for long. <sighs> but uh, yes, four touchdowns for Delvin Cook, and I hope you won. Uh, the Vikings' game plan was just about perfect today, and Aaron Rodgers, as solid as he was in this game, absolutely spectacular. The Minnesota Vikings defense played pretty damn good against a Hall of Fame quarterback who will burn you all day long no matter what, no matter how good the coverage is, no matter how uh, many times you think you have them stopped on fourth and three, fourth and four, this and that, yeah, it's a first down, another 12-yard gain, and it just makes you roll your eyes and throw bricks at a TV set. Him and uh, Russell Wilson... Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, it's the same old thing. You get them down to third down, third and long, first down, third, uh, fourth and whatever, fourth and five, fourth and ten, fourth and forty. It's first down every freaking time, except for the final play of the game, which was a nice feeling, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I bet every fa- I bet every Viking fan on the planet thought Aaron Rodgers was going to lead the Packers to a win when only trailing by six. But uh, luckily that didn't happen for Minnesota. But for those of us that would like to see a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins in the next couple of years, uh, a legitimate franchise, Aaron Rodgers type of quarterback, um, we might have to get lucky in the draft just like the Packers did. <clears throat> I thought the Vikings kind of did with Teddy Bridgewater, and then he got hurt. It, it is what it is. Uh, Rodgers and Teddy Bridgewater are not in the same conversation. It's going to take something magical. It's going to take a great trade, this and that. Some kind of move. You're going to have to get the right opinion on somebody and, and be correct. You're going to have to get an opinion on somebody and be correct, like the Kansas City Chiefs were a couple of years ago. And that's just how it's going to be. Because I don't see this team going 3-13, and 4-12. and 12. They're probably going to be 6-10, and 7-9, maybe even 8-8. Eight and eight. <clears throat> That's just the reality, because the schedule gets a little bit easier coming up. A little bit. You might actually win two games in a row, which is nice. It's just sad but true the way things have been this season. But uh, Delvin Cook, my goodness, uh, the total yards in this game, my goodness, 226 total yards, of course, 63 yards receiving, 50 of them were a scamper, this and that. It's just funny how, yep, this is this is about what we want to see out of Kirk Cousins because you notice the quarterback rating of 138.1 because, well, you know, the attempts were way the heck down. Obviously, you're being careful because it's a windy, windy, cold day, and you go old school, and Delvin Cook took advantage of it and just shredded the Packers most of the time, except late in the game because everybody on the planet knew that Delvin Cook was going to run the ball. So it was the old, you know, eight men in a box type of deal. Like when you play Tecmo football, you keep running the same play over and over again or whatever. They're all, they're all going to be ready to come and get you. And uh, even if you're going in a different direction, they know that it's, you know, where the ball's going one way or another. But still a spectacular game. That's just what brought the average down to only, that's right, only 5.4 carry, only. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, only 14 attempts by Kirk Cousins in the game. Uh, you know, you wish you wish you could just keep it that way. Uh, you know, as long as Delvin Cook doesn't get hurt or get overused, that type of thing. But, hey, he's getting his money one way or another now. It can't be like you're just going to run him out and say, yeah, screw you, You're that, that raise you were supposed to get. Yeah, go just go take a hike. Go sign with Houston Texans or something. They still need a running back after they traded for David Johnson. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awful? <laughs> no, he's, 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 he's going to get some money one way or another. One way or another. Uh, Eric Hendricks, absolutely spectacular. Uh, beautiful moments out there. Absolutely beautiful. Dropping back into coverage, knocking a pass away against uh, Devontae Adams, it doesn't get much better than that. It, it really doesn't. I mean, he is the best, the best 
player on the defensive side of the ball on the Vikings, bar none. Uh, absolutely great. Gladney had some good moments, not so great at times. Uh, Rodgers, just, you know, he's kind of got that old Favre uh, kindness now all of a sudden. You don't see this mean, cocky SOB like before as much. It's still there, I'm sure, but it's not as bad as it used to be. He's actually kind of likable now. I, he was slapping guys on the head, you know, Viking players like Jeff Gladney. He gave, put his arm around him. That, I just never thought I'd see that from Aaron Rodgers, but I guess that's what happens when you get a little older and you kind of appreciate things much more than you did before, especially when you know your days are numbered, ultimately. They just are. They just are, unfortunately. Man, uh, there was only one sack in the game, and it was the final play of the game by DJ Wanham. So, good job, DJ Wanham. Uh, Trey Dye got a start, only one tackle in the game. Harrison Hand saw action. Josh Matillus, Matillus saw some action. Sounds like a tendon, uh, sounds like an tendon in your body somewhere, or a really important, or like one of those weird little bones that you don't want to break, you know, that takes six months to heal. That's what Matillus sounds like. It's your Matillus. Your Matillus. Yeah. You got to see Mark Fields play. Uh, strange. But uh, I think it's safe to say the, the guy we took two years ago now in the first round, Mike Hughes, I think it's safe to say he's pretty much a bust. His play on the field has been average when he's actually been healthy. But the other side of him, not you know, just an average cornerback who can get a turnover or two here and there. Uh, but the fact that he's, that he's injured when he's not, that he's injured like half of the time, I think... Mike Hughes is a bust, and James Daniels might have been a better pick. Obviously, the uh, the offensive guard out of Iowa. I think, I think the Vikings could use a guard, and uh, we'll uh, refer back to uh, Gerald Sring once again out of Nebraska. Did I mention we need some guards? Yeah, we still do. But I think Cleveland played fine today. Ezra Cleveland, a little better, a little better. Not perfect, but a little better. He's been playing right guard because Nusimia can't, and Pat Elfline's always hurt, and when he's not hurt, he's not been good either. Um... Yeah, that's just how that shapes up. Oh, boy. You got to see that Mata Afa out there. Okay, yeah, Hercules. I just love that name. <laughs> you got to see Chris Boyd play. But uh, Cameron Dantzler had a scare. That's why Chris Boyd was out there. Cameron Dantzler, a collision type of situation. A lot of people thought it was the neck. Then it became a concussion. It was like a combination because you get hit super hard in the head. It was, uh, who was it? That, uh, the, the collision. It was like the thigh going into uh, Cameron Dantzler at the end of the day. I think it was Anthony Harris. It was 41, right? It was Anthony Harris making a big, you know, just kind of making a collision into the Packer receiver. And I believe his thigh or knee went right into uh, Mr. Cameron Dantzler's helmet, creating a massive backlash, whiplash situation, which will scare you about the neck. But the original collision is the concussion fears as well. When you see him laying motion or like just completely stiff on the ground it's pretty scary stuff uh and just not moving at all that was some scary scary stuff uh, Cameron Dantzler and this was after he had avoided a scare because it was like one of those presumed positive uh COVID-19 situations that a similar podcast host was in a few a few months ago back in May where it's like uh-oh you you know you may have been a uh uh Primary contacts. See, the index contacts is the person with coronavirus or presumed positive coronavirus person until the test comes back. Then there's the primary contact and then the secondary contact. Where secondary contact, it's like, okay, you may have, yeah, that one, you just kind of go back to work type of thing. 
the primary contact was potentially Cameron Dancer, but luckily whoever they were, they came back uh, negative. So Cameron Dancer was allowed to return. So we were not without Cam Dancer <laughs> in the uh, situation this week. With uh, That would have been something else. Going with Aaron Rodgers without even Cam Dancer. So it would have been Chris Boyd right away, seventh-round pick last year out of Texas uh, for Minnesota cornerback. But then this happens, he gets hurt, and Chris Boyd ends up playing anyway. After Dancer had, you know, had a couple of moments early on. Obviously, the Green Bay offense and Minnesota offense, absolutely spectacular right out of the gate. It was just very elongated drives that were successful in both cases for Minnesota and Green Bay. Green Bay opened the game with a very elongated drive. I mean, time of possession was like 17-7 to at one point for Green Bay when things started to turn for Minnesota because uh, Delvin Cook, who was successful pretty much out of the get-go, it became more and more of a a story with Delvin Cook. It just became a pure domination. Uh, Enter your name, Terrell Davis, Walter Payton, whoever you want to enter. That type of thing. Uh, But then you saw Cam Dancer get hurt, and Chris Boyd was very respectable out there. And then later on, Chris Boyd goes down, non-contact, and he's grabbing his knee. Yeah, he's grabbing his knee. We didn't see any movement because the camera angles during the course of this game, I don't know, a lot of stuff got missed. A lot of stuff. Uh, But now, Chris Boyd, that might be an ACL because, I mean, no contact and going down and absolutely putting no pressure on it, getting helped off the field, zero pressure on that. I believe it was his right leg. Um, Right knee, right leg, you know what I'm saying? Uh, But, uh, wow, Chris Boyd, maybe it's an ACL. I hope not. I don't, th- I don't think the news is out yet on that one, but uh, that is a definite sad story right there. He got to play out there. He was actually decent. Not great, but decent. Then you see Mark Fields. It sounds like he got even hurt, banged up out there as well. It's unbelievable. Then you saw Harrison Hand out there out of position, that type of thing. You know, just kind of, I don't know. <laughs> He's another late-round pick for Minnesota. I believe a sixth-round pick, cornerback this year. So a rookie, sixth-round Sixth-round cornerback out there Whew, against Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, at least Jeff Gladney's healthy. <laughs> Jeff Gladney's healthy, and uh, since uh, Eric Hendricks wasn't doing enough, uh, nine tackles in, like, the first quarter, basically. He, he, he wasn't doing enough for anything. It was, like, midway through the second quarter, something like that, but very early in the game. Props back into coverage and makes a great defensive play on uh, Devontae Adams. That was really something. Uh, Harrison Smith solid throughout the game as well. I thought uh, Mr. <clears throat> Pardon me, J- uh, not Jalen Holmes, but Jaleel Johnson actually had a very solid game as well. He was solid throughout the game. Defensive tackle, of course. <clears throat> not sure the Vikings even have a three technique right now, but I guess if it's anybody, it's him at this stage. So, uh, <laughs> that's just kind of how that went. Jaleel Johnson, yeah, he actually did have a solid game. Uh, I have a Nick Bow as well, you know, just a little pressure here and there, but and obviously he had some big moments, but then the penalties kind of came in and screwed the Vikings multiple times. Some, some just bummer penalties. How do you get called for 12 men on the field twice? I mean, that's just crazy, twice. Um, yeah. That was ridiculous. Troy Die. That was the most ridiculous one. That's the one where the Vikings basically had the Packers beat, basically. The game was almost over at this point. Almost. It was going to be fourth down. And Rodgers was able to get the playoff just in time. 
or excuse me, yeah, just in time before Troy, uh, Troy Dye was completely off the field. And then, well, there you go. <laughs> and then there it was, 12 men on the field. It was hard to really to get the camera angles again. It was another situation where you didn't really see the camera angle on the player. So the refs couldn't overturn it, basically. It was really close. He may have been in the air, so it was like a split millisecond just in time to catch uh, Mr. Troy Dye for the uh, second 12 men on the field defensive lapse in the game. Extremely frustrating. That uh, easily could have cost the Vikings the game because right after that, the momentum shifted to the Packers. They scored their touchdown. There's a goal line play that, yes, it was the right call as freaking close and frustrating as it was. It was the right call for the Green Bay Packers to get their two-point conversion. They're going at the analytics here, risking the possibility of being forced to take a two-point conversion to tie the game at the end if if Green Bay does score another touchdown. Uh, But they're in position to win it if uh, they succeed on the two-point conversion, which lucky for them it did. (sighs) (laughs) Lucky for them it did work out. Very, very close game. Uh, Very close play, pardon me. Uh, Jamal Williams had a very solid game on the ground, generally speaking. He was the guy to get in there because uh, the other Aaron was not available for the Green Bay Packers in the game. Uh, No sacks. No, one sack by Dean Lowry in the game, generally speaking. That was, yeah, he was just wide open. There was no blockage whatsoever from the left side of the line. That's usually the better side, but uh, DJ Dorzer's guy at the end of the day. Dean Lowry able to get the one sack for Green Bay. And, of course, the final play of the game, Minnesota. DJ Wunham able to get the sack on Aaron Rodgers. A a strip sack situation, a la what happened to Teddy Bridgewater (laughs) years ago against Arizona. Heartbreaking situation there. Vikings almost beat Arizona on the road. That would have been insane back in uh, 2015. That was a a time when maybe Minnesota could could have gotten a first round by instead of Arizona. Would have been pretty freaking cool. (sighs) Fun, entertaining game. It was fun. Uh, Irv Smith made so many... And I mean, he made at least three blocks in this game. Irv Smith, you know, the guy you usually think of an offensive weapon, which he is, obviously, for Minnesota. Offensive weapon, future full-time tight end, I think, for Minnesota uh, going forward. Possibly, we'll see what happens. Uh, Unbelievable blocking by Irv Smith in this game, which shows his value even more so. Uh, Multiple plays where Dalvin Cook had his double-digit type runs including one of his touchdowns that went really far. <laughs> one of his long touchdowns at the end of the day. Just unbelievable blocking by Irv Smith throughout this game. And he deserves a ton of props for that. And way to go, Kirk Cousins, to not fumble the ball, make any crazy play. They just played it safe, and it worked. It worked. They played it safe, and sometimes it's okay to play very conservative ball, especially when it's absolutely working. And, hey, when you're simply run blocking down the field like Irv Smith. And like a lot of these offensive linemen are more built for run blocking versus pass blocking, which, well, it is what it is. I mean, Delvin Cook is your best player. It's just that you invested 30 plus million a year into Kirk Cousins, so you might want better pass blocking as well. So I don't know. It's kind of a conflict of interest at the end of the day, isn't it? It's it's a run block. It's a running team. Yet you give your quarterback 30 million. I guess. Uh, good thing you gave Delvin Cook money as well. So <laughs> I guess there it is. Because Cook is definitely earning his money, as frustrating as it might be to have some salary cap stress going forward, which is something I guess most Minnesota teams are used to. Like the Timberwolves, pretty much since the day they signed Kevin Garnett, they've had salary cap stress forever. Other than like one or two years where Michael Beasley was the highest paid player on the team. Uh, the Wild have had salary cap stress ever since Parisi and Studer, and that's not going to go away for another five, 
years, five years, but luckily some of the cap has been freed up other than those guys. I won't call them names right now, but maybe I will behind their back. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. That sounds dorky. Uh, it's just funny. It's sad a little bit, but uh, it's sad to not see Justin Jefferson have that breakout moment. Uh, he he could have, though. He could have, if not for <laughs> if not for Jared, uh, Jair Alexander holding him on a play. He might have gotten a uh, deep touchdown on the play. He had Jair Alexander beat, basically. So, nice hold by Jerry Alexander. I guess he prevented a touchdown there. He wasn't really arguing with the call because it was it was a pass interference. It kept the Vikings drive alive, which was very helpful. This and that. But again, at least you got Justin Jefferson to be a bit of a decoy at the end of the day. Be more of a threat that way. Again, hey, and if he's beating a, a really good cornerback and yeah, drawing a pass interference penalty, like a holding penalty, pardon me, it's, uh, hey, <laughs> the, the value is there regardless. When you have a running game like we have, and then you have Justin Jefferson to be a deep threat. This uh, could be an awesome team with better pass blocking and a better quarterback. Yeah, a better pass blocking and a better quarterback. Wouldn't that be nice? In a perfect world, it would be so great. Uh, we would be a 5-2 and two team. We would be a 6-0 and o team. Something like that. 7-0 and no, like the Pittsburgh Steelers. 7-1 and one like Kansas City. Wouldn't that be nice if that was the Minnesota Vikings right now with a legitimate franchise quarterback at the age of 23-24, franchise running back, franchise-wide receiver, uh, young cornerbacks that are getting better, uh, franchise-caliber linebackers, probably one of the most underrated players in the league, Eric Hendricks, one of the most underrated players on the planet. What if we still had Daniel Hunter and uh, Yannick Ngakwe? Wouldn't that be something else? Wouldn't that be something else? I mean, it's a game of inches in so many ways. It's not just a game of inches on the field all the time. It's a game of inches in general. Just this and that. One or two things, obviously. But a game of inches in the offseason, in the draft. You can just go on forever, but that's that's how that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Uh, Aaron Rodgers able to, being able to mount that comeback was something to see, and you know we were all scared to death. We're trailing, or we're leading only by six. You know, easy completions because you're going to play that prevent defense a bit because they have to score a touchdown as long as you prevent the big play. But then you give up the 12 yards, 11 yard gains, which is so frustrating because obviously Aaron Rodgers is gunning for that 11, 12 yard play. Unlike certain quarterbacks going for the check down every time they're out there, check down to a fullback or something for like a two yard gain. That'll get you far. That'll get you really far, really far (laughs) because he's terrified of, you know, pass rush coming his direction. It's a combination of things, but it still sucks. Chad Beebe had his play of the year. A 16-yard gain. There you go. All right. A play. He made a play. He actually caught the ball and got a first down. Good. Not trying to be mean. It's just, yeah, I've been frustrated with that forever. Uh, K.J. Osborne also made a potential, you know, potential game-saving type of a tackle as well, being a gunner. Open field tackle all by himself, preventing the uh, kick returner I believe it was Darius Shepard. Yep, try, uh, Darius Shepard with a potential... Uh, no, it, it was Tyler Irvin. Mm. Yeah, uh, very dangerous potential play there. Only got nine yards when, hey, you know, another step or so, he might have gotten very far. Big, big tackle by K.J. Osborne. And he actually had a couple of good kick returns as well. 27 yards, put us in good field position. As I try not to cough to death. Uh, just an overall, it's fun to watch. It's just, you know, I know you don't want to be 6-10, and 7-9. and nine, But, hey, Kansas City wasn't exactly 3-13 and 13 either. 
and they have the best quarterback in the world. The whole planet would want Patrick Mahomes right now. Green Bay got Aaron Rodgers 24th. So you don't have to have the worst record in the league to get the best quarterback in the draft. Sometimes you don't. How many blue chip busts have there been? How many Ryan Leafs have there been? How many Tim Couches have there been? How many David David Carrs have there been? You could go on forever. The list would go on and on and on. A lot of you might think Eli Manning should have never went number one. Uh, Michael Vick sold tickets, but was he a spectacular quarterback or was he a spectacular, uh, you know, a, a spectacular draw? What was he? Was he just fun to watch? Was he a spectacular quarterback? It's nothing against him. You know, you compare Russell Wilson and Michael Vick. There's no comparison. There is no comparison. Russell Wilson's accuracy, his gamesmanship, combined with the athleticism, is uh, a little different than Michael Vick. It's just Michael Vick was a little more exciting because as fast and dangerous as Russell Wilson is with his legs, he's careful. He's not necessarily, you know, I mean, or yeah, he's more of a careful runner, where Michael Vick was like a Randy Moss type of a runner where he could run for 80 yards to, to, to pay it all by himself. It's just that, you know, there's a little bit something extra with the Russell Wilsons of the league. He's got that Aaron Rodgers accuracy and gamesmanship. Same kind of thing. Just, you know, and Aaron Rodgers can run for a first down as well, like he did very easily on that potential final drive and stepped out of bounds. I see that common sense uh, moment when you're just trying to stop the clock because you don't have timeouts with a minute left or less in the game. This and that, but... Uh, but luckily, the Minnesota Vikings able to hold on. Luckily for those of us that wanted to win, just because it feels good to beat the Packers on the road and, you know, not derail their season, but slow it down a little bit. Be a speed bump in their season. We'll see what happens after this. Uh, despite the Packers playing reasonably well. Reasonably well, honestly. They didn't see a, a turnover really at all in this game. That's the cool That's the cool part. Zero turnovers in the game, actually. That's kind of cool. Uh, nobody can really come out of this game thinking their team played like garbage. Honestly, just good, solid, improving defense for Minnesota and unbelievable run blocking and running plays. Spectacular running plays by uh, Dalvin Cook showing you the, uh, a major difference between himself and Alexander Madison. As good as Madison is, Cook is that extra tier. Like probably about two tiers ahead of, uh, ahead of Alexander Madison at the end of the day in the elite uh, top five running backs on the planet today, if not number one overall. With that said, the Fran Tarkington Award of this show is going to be Dalvin Cook easily with four touchdowns again. Three rushing, one receiving Walter Payton style as well, along with those Walter Payton type runs. Again, the elusiveness and the knowledge, the the NFL mind that he has as he's running to know where to go, when to go there, when to hesitate, when not to hesitate, when to make the move. Uh, just That's what makes Dalvin Cook so spectacular at the end of the day. We're, we're lucky to have him just stay freaking healthy. Then you could go out there and get, you know, 2,000 yards. <laughs> he could. If he could stay healthy, he's a 2,000-yard type of running back. Honest to God. 1,800 yards, 20 touchdowns, that, that, kind of, that kind of running back at the end of the day. That's how good Delvin Cook is if he could just stay healthy. Like 16 bleeping games. Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, man. The uh, Christian Potter Memorial, I, I guess the injuries. I don't know. I mean, it was one injury after another. I don't really want to pick on anybody because I don't think anybody was that bad. Some of the pass defense was what it was. Again, you're going against Aaron Rodgers. Some of the, you know, the, the coverage in the secondary, but just the, the injury bug, the plagues, the stupid-ass penalties as well, though, which a lot of them were earned. I mean, two 12 men on the field is the urban legend of the show. How do you get two 12 men on the field in the same game? I don't know. Twice? Twice? It's bad enough that we have one 
ringing in our heads from 11 years ago that will never stop ringing in our heads. The 12 men on the field, it'll never stop. Oh, Kai, Kai Forbath's on the LA uh, Rams. I didn't even know that. Good for him. Huh, that's cool. I didn't even know he was on the Los Angeles Rams. Well, good for him. That's cool. Uh, but no, uh, 12 men on the field. Urban legend of this show. The uh, Again, the Christian Toronto Memorial for this show is the injuries. Just what, what rotten luck at the end of the day. With that said, we'll take a quick break. We will preview nooner number <laughs> week week eight's opponent against the uh, Detroit Lions. Yet another nooner, which is good. It's good stuff. It lets you kind of watch the game and get on with your afternoon and evening, that type of thing, and get on with the show, which is always a good thing. And then we can have our fun second segment looking throughout the NFL, the best and the worst. Boy, there were some teams killing mosquitoes with axes today. Oh, and then there was at least one or two where it's like, huh, really? Those type of games. That's what's fun about segment number two. It's all over the place. All over the place. With that said, I will now shut up and get you ready for segment number two, where we can talk about the Lions and the NFL. And we are back here on Purple Mafia segment number two. Time to look around the league, preview the Detroit Lions, look about the NFC North a bit. All the teams played, including Vikings and Packers, so that kind of thins things out pretty quickly. But we'll jump back to last Thursday. I got to see Teddy Bridgewater versus the Atlanta Falcons. Now the Falcons are starting to win games, so they're not tanking for Trevor either. They have a franchise quarterback, kind of, sort of, in Matt Ryan. At least he was supposed to be, and he had a hell of a run there. He's not that old yet, though he's not young anymore either. 2-6 and six on the air. Falcons defeat the Carolina Panthers. 25-17. Remember when the Panthers were 3-2 and two and things were looking real good after a crappy start to the season? Well, they're back to being crappy again. Teddy Bridgewater struggled in the game against Atlanta. Their defense is actually kind of decent now. And it's not like Matt Ryan had a great game. He just put up a lot of yards. Brian Hill and Todd Gurley kind of forming a tandem there. In Atlanta, five yards of carry for Brian Hill. Good for him. Mike Davis on the ground. Teddy Bridgewater scampered for 30 total there. Yeah, but no uh, Christian McCaffrey to be seen. They're just not the same without Christian McCaffrey. He's about as viable player as there is in the NFL. Got to see Julio Jones back at it again. Didn't get in the end zone, but 137 yards in the air on seven catches. Nice to see Julio rocking and rolling like he was in the past. Atlanta providing a bit of a pass. Rushed three sacks in the game. Good for them, Carolina, just not the same. They're just not good right now. It's kind of sad to see. And again, Christian McCaffrey provides, you know, he keeps the defense honest. He provides that spark. But uh, I don't know, not the worst Thursday night football game I've ever seen, but certainly not the best either. Would have been nice to see Teddy Bridgewater have a little better run out there. Quite unfortunate. Uh, flashing in the background, Sunday night football, which is tradition in these two segments. Uh, this one and the next one, of course. Dallas. Cowboys leading 3-0 until, well, yeah, still 3-0 Dallas Cowboys. Carson Wentz, I don't know, man. I don't know about that guy. <laughs> Remember when all of us saw him as a future superstar in the league? Remember, it feels like it feels like 10 years ago. He just, yeah, he's not even close. He's not. Uh, it, it's sad because I liked him. I, I haven't liked a whole lot. I guess that was a nice completion there, though. First and goal, basically, now. Fulgrim bringing it in. Fulgrim. 
number 13 for Philadelphia, trying to keep the Eagles threatening there. Dallas Cowboys don't have a whole lot of gas right now. Maybe they're tanking for Trevor or something because you don't even have Andy Dalton out there, much less uh, Dak Prescott after that nasty, nasty ankle injury a couple weeks back. God rest his season, but uh, that's what's happening there. Sunday night football, nearing the end of the first quarter, mercifully, I suppose. This looks more like a Thursday night game now. This used to be a really good matchup, these two teams, and yeah, not really, huh? Buffalo, New England, that's a matchup that had been developing again the past couple of years, but uh, New England had been kind of dominating that matchup. Well, Buffalo 6-2 and two and in first place in the AFC East, and the uh, <laughs> New England Patriots' chances of winning the division are extremely, extremely... <laughs> dire at this moment. Two and five on the season. They're, they're not winning any division. They're tanking for something. They're, uh, and I'd been screaming, or, or I'd been screwing around like uh, calling Fields Shields. It's Fields. So I apologize. For, uh, my apologies. Floundering for Fields shows you my uh, college bas- college football talk and all that. Shows you that. But uh, Cam Newton, just not a whole lot to brag about. Josh Allen, not a whole lot to brag about. That Buffalo running game was a bit to brag about. Stephon Diggs did get 92 yards in the year, but just generally speaking, Josh Allen, not the best game he's ever had. That's for sure. But Philadelphia, uh, New England does have a decent defense, obviously. Singletary and Moss. Zach Moss. Moss. Combining. Whew, for 167 yards. Not bad. And averaging about 6 yards a carry. Two touchdowns for Zach Moss. So he's to be the one you'd like to have for your fantasy team. If you had Singletary, you would have just had 86 yards and that's it. But uh, Moss, 81 and two touchdowns. So that's always helpful for your fantasy club. Stephon Diggs has got to be about one of the top uh, wide receivers in all of football nowadays. and He just continues to dominate for Buffalo. And not a whole lot to complain about being a part of those Buffalo Bills. 6-2 and two, AFC East. Could they be uh, knocking on the door of something special this year? <clears throat> we'll see what happens. You still got the other group over there. Ooh, they are a tough one. Uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, everybody but Cincinnati. And we'll talk about Cincinnati right now. Tennessee. You know, I was talking about how Carolina was on this, you know, run there 3-2 and two after a crappy start. Then they started playing super good. And then they started sucking. Tennessee was 5-0. and oh. Now they're 5-2 and two, and they lost to Tennessee. It's one thing losing to Pittsburgh last week and two undefeated clubs going at it. One of them is still undefeated. Now the others lost two in a row, and they lost to a crappy team today. It's in Cincinnati, and road games are tough, but there's no fans, really. Maybe a couple fans in certain stadiums. Stadiums, not in Minnesota, not in Green Bay. It's funny how the road team won both of those. Tannehill, you know, obviously solid solid effort and everything, but Joe Burrow was a little better, a little more efficient, and he didn't turn the ball over. That helps. Derrick Henry was awesome, but, well... I don't know, it just wasn't enough. Cincinnati was just a little bit better, and good for them. T. Higgins leading the way with Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, the ancient one now. All that good stuff. <clears throat> Pretty crazy. You didn't get, uh, see Joe Mixon in this game for Cincinnati, no problem. They still beat Tennessee without Joe Mixon because Joe Burrow was very solid, and shoot, 31-20, to 20, not bad. Not a bad performance for Cincinnati. This would have to be their best win in uh, quite a while since they were in the playoffs not too long ago with their uh, Marvin Lewis there. Their, the Marvin Lewis days where they'd make the playoffs and do nothing every freaking time. Again, they're still waiting for their first playoff win since 1988. Detroit has won a playoff game more recently than Cincinnati. That's right, Detroit. The New York Jets. The Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, teams like that. The teams you think of the doldrums of the NFL every freaking year. The only team you know, no. Cleveland has been longer. Too. Uh, Cleveland hasn't been as long either. They've never won a playoff game, and they've been miserable in the playoff games. The one playoff game they played, basically, 
Uh, wow, crazy. Absolutely crazy. It actually wasn't miserable. They just got they got a call that didn't favor them and a lot of bad things started happening. That was way back in 03, maybe? It's a long time ago. Um, couldn't have been 03, was it? Maybe like circa 01 or something. I don't even remember. Like 03, I think. Uh, but yeah, Cincinnati. Wow, nice win there. And now we're talking about the Cleveland Browns. Vinrock, Vince Germano, in case he's listening. Not happy about this one. Uh, that's another team. They were 5-1. and one. Now they're 5-3. and three. Ouch. Cleveland. Cleveland, 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 Cleveland. Uh, you know, they've had such a strong start. And then they lose to Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Raiders. You know, they, I think the Raiders are still a threat to be at least a wild card team, I guess. A wild card team. Derek Carr. It just average 112 yards in the air. Just I guess he's Kirk Cousins right now. The Kirk Cousins that we want. Just don't just 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 don't even throw the ball, Kirk. Baker Mayfield, don't even throw the ball either. Just just don't even bother. Just hope that our defense and our running game will will save the day. Uh, Kareem Hunt, he's the main guy right now at the moment for Cleveland, and he put up good numbers. But again, you're trailing the whole game, and Cleveland just stunk in this game. Las Vegas Raiders, nice solid defense. Josh Jacobs, I mean, there was a lot of old school in, in today's football. There really was. Josh Jacobs, about four yards to carry, 100, 128 yards, 31 rushes. A sled dog type of game for Josh Jacobs. Oh, wow, 31. 31. Damn, 31. And, of course, uh, Beckham Jr. is out for the season. He, he He's finished, but you still got Jarvis Landry. You still got all these other valuable guys, including Kareem Hunt, but their main running back's not been available, unfortunately. That'd be, uh, yeah, Chubb's there. Anderson Dejo, yeah, he stinks, but he's still their main safety. He stinks, yeah. He gets tackles, but he still stinks. He's nothing special to brag about. My gosh. Well, Oliver Vernon had two sacks, and nobody else had any for either club. Kind of funny. 16-6. to six. Just, uh, boy, I, I don't know. Do you call this old school, or do you just call it crap? I don't know. I love old school. You know I love old school. Everybody listening to this show knows how much I feel about old school, most things, music, movies, sports, people. <laughs> yeah, people, that's right. Yeah, old school's better. Old school's best school. But uh, 16 to 6 kind of crappy stuff. I don't know. I expected more out of both of these teams. But, well, good for Vegas and quite a shame for Cleveland there. 4-3 and three for Vegas, 5-3 and three for Clevelando. Indianapolis, Detroit, we will put that off until the very last game because that's who we're playing next week. Another nooner, another nooner week nine. That was a slip of the tongue earlier when I said week eight. That This is week eight. My apologies for that. Kansas City versus the New York Jets. You could basically say the best versus the worst. And when I talked about killing Mosquito with an axe, you remember when I said that at the end of segment number one? That's all i got to say about this. It's just killing a Mosquito with an axe, 35 to 9. New York Jets are mosquitoes. 0-8. Um, Gaze is still the coach. They're tanking for Trevor. They're, they're floundering for fields. They're sucking. They just stink. Uh, and I, I fear for uh, whichever quarterback winds up there because, I don't know, though a lot of people probably felt the same for Joe Burrow with Cincy. We'll see, though. We'll see. It's got to turn around at some point. Kyler Murray with Arizona. I think Arizona's pretty well run, honestly. So, whatever. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> throws a five-touchdown game against the worst team in the league. I, I mean, that's nice. It, it's okay. Chad Henney's still alive. Wow, Chad Henney. Miami Dolphins, Jacksonville Jaguars, fame, kind of fame. Nice arm, but stuff. Gosh, he was the backup. He was uh, Chad Pennington's backup. Yeah, that's going back in a while now, isn't it? He kind of replaced Chad Penny for a while. Chad Pennington 
and then Henny got replaced by Tannehill. They're they're all names. They're decent. They were decent quarterbacks. And who's the Dolphins' quarterback now? Tua. We'll get to him. He had his first touchdown today. NFL legend. NFL legend. Watch Frank Gore. Three yards of carry. Oh, Frankie. Oh, Frank. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry you're on the Jets. I wish you were on Kansas City. You know? Why can't he be like a a reserve back, a reserve running back for one of these guys? But I guess Le'Veon Bell's on the freaking Chiefs now. Le'Veon freaking Bell. Remember that guy? Yeah. Pittsburgh and <laughs> New York Jets. Boy, that was worth it. I wish Anthony Barr was on the Jets too. You know, we'd have a little more cap space and we maybe wouldn't have to freak out. And You know, wasn't that the stupidest decision ever? Wasn't that stupid? You know, we wouldn't have to freak out and and say, "Oh my God, we got to get, we got to, we got to restructure Kirk's contract, so we'll give him two more years." That really accomplished a lot. <sighs> that really accomplished a lot, didn't it? Didn't it accomplish a lot? Don't, don't you feel so happy that we were able to get under the cap, so we were able to extend Kirk Cousins for two more freaking years? <sighs> Thirty million dollar game manager, and if he's not a game manager and you're counting on him, oh. Ah, uh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Denzel Mims, I feel for you too. Another uh, solid, really good draft pick for the New York Jets, but that's all. I mean, that is all. What else is there to say about it? Seriously. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the New York Jets. That's all. You know? Yeah, that's all. Nice to see Le'Veon Bell play against his former team and average a yard, a carry. Seven... Six carries, seven yards. Oh, <laughs> that's just that's just great. That's like trying to. Uh, I don't even know. It just sucks. Miami Dolphins are four and three. They beat the uh, Los Angeles Rams. It was the it was the NBA Finals. See the Miami Heat versus the LA Lakers, but the Miami Heat won this one. Yep, 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 yep. It's the Super Bowl all of us might have wanted to see back in the old days. Miami Dolphins, Marino versus the Jim Everett led LA Rams. I guess. I guess. Jim Everett and the Rams, they were okay. <laughs> They're just okay. They're like a wild card team that lost all the time. But I guess in 89, they got to the uh, NFC Championship and got beat handily by uh, a team north of them in California called the 49ers. Yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. I just think the Miami Dolphins beat the Rams today. That's good. I'm, I'm happy for them. The vibe's getting better. Fitzpatrick was all kind of sad, broken up last week, but, you know, there's no way you're going to be the permanent starter for the Miami Dolphins, is there? Not when you got Tua, man. The whole planet wants Tua. Tua's the man. Well, he threw for 90 yards and, and a touchdown, but they beat the Rams. Wrap your head around that. I mean, that's that's great. It also helps when Goff throws multiple interceptions in the game. It does. Uh, turnovers are going to do that to you. <laughs> they're they're going to do that to you. Miami's defense showed up to play, and like I said, the last couple of weeks were fun. Gosh, you think Dave Wanstead's coaching the Dolphins again? The uh, <laughs> uh, the champions of the AFC East, 2000, baby. 2000, Jay Fiedler. Jay Fiedler leading the way, huh? Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool seeing Jay Fiedler lead the way? I don't think Ricky Williams is quite there yet, was he? I think he was, Right? Then they drafted Ronnie Bleepin' Brown. What a confusing situation. They drafted Ronnie Brown. He did a whole lot of nothing. Number two overall. Ugh. Well, for the Miami Dolphins' sake, hopefully this is finally the one. They have been through a lot of quarterbacks, and there have been some good ones. Like, you know, Tannehill was good, obviously. Not great. Chad Henney had a good arm. He was okay. Chad Pennington was what he was, but he started with the Jets. I don't know why I'm even getting into that, but I'm just uh, I'm happy to see the Dolphins do a little better. 
I remember they made the playoffs a couple of years ago and just got dismantled. It was weird. They did make it as like a 9-7 and team and just got dismantled right away. Pittsburgh is the last undefeated team. Wow. Who saw this? I didn't see it. I kept thinking, oh yeah, 3-0, and whatever. The Steelers are nothing. They're going to be like 8-8, eight and eight, maybe 9-7. and seven. Baltimore's going to just coast to an AFC North. Not yet. And now they're two games behind and and Pittsburgh has a tiebreaker. Baltimore's chances of winning the AFC North are uh, up against a creek, man. <laughs> Seriously, they are up against a creek. They are, uh, they're, they're going to, they've they got their work cut out for them to make it uh, short and sweet. 28 to 24, good game. Good game and everything. And Baltimore was winning and they blew it, man. They just freaking blew it. They gave up 21 points in the second half. And, uh, well, shoot, that's, again, that's how it goes. <laughs> And I wanted Baltimore to win. I don't like Pittsburgh. I don't like the Steelers. I picked Baltimore every single time these two teams played. I remember being, uh, you know, sad and frustrated when the uh, Baltimore Ravens went on a cute little run back in 2010. I think it was 2010. Yeah, 2010. The uh, AFC Championship game. Baltimore went on their cute little run with Joe Flacco. And Pittsburgh just whooped their butts. Or was that or was that 2008? That was a while ago. Yeah, it was even further back. But either way, Pittsburgh went to the Super Bowl in both situations. I can't remember which one of them it was. I think it was 08. Yeah, Flacco was like a rookie. I'm like, wow, they actually got to the AFC Championship game. This is cool. And then Pittsburgh just whooped all over them. It was depressing. Just awful. And then they won the Super Bowl over the Cardinals. <sighs> Ugh, I hated it. But And then Green Bay beat Pittsburgh a couple years later. Uh, two of like my least favorite teams, pretty much. <laughs> though if they played again, I'd probably be cheering for the Steelers, even though I don't like the Steelers. But this is a cool team. This is a cool group. Chase Claypool is a uh, very popular guy right now in fantasy circles and just NFL in general. He's he's a rising star. Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, you got to like him. Nine, uh, you know, he had a reasonable game. Roethlisberger's still going like forever. Gosh, he might play till he's you know he he might play till he's forty. He's he's heading closer in that direction. Very just solid, solid game. They're not looking for him to be a superstar, but to just be good. And Lamar Jackson's multiple turnovers helped this uh, Baltimore team blow it. I mean, they were winning the entire game, and multiple turnovers got the Steelers rolling. And I don't know. That's just a damn shame. It it is because Baltimore would have actually had. Baltimore would have had. But the tiebreaker, it's that simple. They would have both been 6-1. and one. But now, oh boy, that stinks. Stinks. The other L.A. team, the Chargers, couldn't beat Denver today. Boy, they're, yeah, they're the, they're in last place now. Denver's somehow 3-4. and four. They've been winning games lately with their just group of guys. I mean, that's what Denver is. They're the guys. Drew Locke's a good quarterback, though. At least he's back. And you got her... her Herbert. I keep calling him like a French name, like Herbert. No, it is Herbert. Justin Herbert. I just mess around way too much, and I gotta stop. Well, I mean, it's two young quarterbacks, and they played well. This is actually a reasonably good football game. It really was. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's that old AFC West. You get some classic matchups with these clubs over the years, and Hey, at least they have quarterbacks of the future, so more power to them. Both of them threw three touchdowns. Both of them had an interception or two in Herbert's case, and Denver ends up winning the game. What are they, three and four now? That's not bad, actually. They're kind of semi in the hunt. They're not a contender, but they're in the hunt. That's basically what that means, like you're kind of there. 
even though no one no one's really taking you seriously yet. But a, a talented group of guys in the uh, the Chargers. But I guess Denver. I mean, I don't know. They're they're plucky. You got Noah Fant. Obviously, he was a big stud, so to speak, tight end a couple of years back, coming out of the draft. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Good luck to Denver. I guess they're kind of getting back in the mix, kind of. Uh, New Orleans, Chicago, that can wait a minute. You got the uh, <laughs> the NFC West. San Francisco's in last place now after screwing around the past couple of weeks. What the hell's gotten into the 49ers? They were off to, a, you know, they were, they got off to a weak start. Then they looked super good. And then, then they super sucked. I mean, then they got whooped by Miami. And now they got beat by Seattle by 10, 37 to 27. San Francisco with some garbage time points in the end to kind of make themselves look a little prettier. Garoppolo taken out. Disappointing. Injured in the game also. Nick Mullins put up some nice numbers, but that was in that miracle comeback later in the game after Garoppolo just struggled a bit and Russell Wilson had a near-perfect game again. And I don't know. What the hell, man? Jarek McKinnon is, boy, he's just vanished off the face of the earth. He's not even a factor. He tried to run three times against a Seattle team that you can run against, and he didn't do anything. DK Metcalf looks like the best receiver in the NFL. He's pretty much up there. Lockett's still super good. It really helps when you have the best quarterback and the best receiver on the same team. It actually helps quite a bit, and that's why Seattle's so damn dangerous. Bobby Wagner was a big pain in the ass for the Vikings. couple of sacks in the game, and it's going to happen. San Francisco just stunk. Stunk in this game. Stunk. I wish it was the other way around. I, I really do, because I'm not a fan of Seattle. But, well, they're good. Like them or not, they're good. I'm just not a fan. They remind me of they remind me of like a more offensive-minded Cowboys team, I guess. I don't know. I just don't like them. Philly, of course, up 7-3 to three on Dallas. New York Giants versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who look absolutely great now. A lot of people are actually picking them to go to the Super Bowl. Yep, so we'll see what happens. They'll have a hell of a time with the Chiefs. But uh, if anybody can beat the Chiefs, I guess it's Tom Brady because he did before in the uh, AFC Championship game just two years ago. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be fascinating at the end of the day. The Bits and the Rhinos. The Bits. Take the offense. That would be the Bears. And if uh, you remember the game Talking Football, Talking Football back in the 80s? The Bits and the Rhinos. The Bits. Take the offense. Yeah, the Bits took the offense, but they lost. And their offense sucks. It just sucks. Uh, they were 5-1 and one two weeks ago, and now they're 5-3. and three. Yeah, well, I don't know. It just, ah, and it, this was not that great. You know, and yay, it got to overtime, and boo, freaking New Orleans won. Yeah, because they, New Orleans just wins overtime. Uh, New Orleans just wins overtime games, except against the Vikings for some reason, when Kirk Cousins says you like that, I guess. Uh, Nick Foles, some mental errors in this game from a guy who you'd think is more savvy than he is. Like, he let the clock run down. He lost track of the clock. And guys were yelling, hey, come on, man. What's going on? Move. What the flip, man. I mean, I, I don't know. Foles just, is just a mess sometimes. <clears throat> sometimes he's good, and sometimes you wonder what's going on in his head. I don't know. But, I mean, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe a guy that was as savvy as he was with the, with, with that Eagle team looked as dumb as he did. I, it's just, I, I don't understand that. I don't. Uh, I got a feeling, I'm going to say this, obviously most of you probably are thinking the same thing. 
regardless of how good Alvin Kamara is, he's definitely their Delvin Cook. It's the same type of situation there. They both came out the same year. Kamara and Cook, spectacular players, both going to the Vikings and Saints and were not first-round picks and all that. That's the crazy part. So again, further proof, you can get stars all over the place when it comes to draft. Um, but despite Kamara, this Saints window's closing. It's closing. They better hurry up and win the Super Bowl right now because I don't think they're going to be a contender next year. That's just that's just me giving my point of view. As for the Bears, they're not a contender, are they? I mean, they'll be lucky to, to win a playoff game, one one wild card game. They're not a contender. They're, they're not. I mean, you got the Bucks, you got the Packers, you got the Seahawks, maybe even the Rams. Uh, I mean, the Rams are better than the Bears. They just are, unfortunately. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're not going to beat the Packers. The Vikings beat the Packers, though. What do, what do you think of that, Chicago, huh? Yeah, but they also made mince meat of us like five, six games in a row. So something's bound to happen once in a while where somehow, some way, things just go the other direction, especially in a divisional matchup. And in a year when like home field advantage doesn't mean anything, absolutely nothing other than uh, just that home cooking, so to speak, I guess you can say. It doesn't mean a whole lot right now. The Bears just, ah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they. it's good that they hung in there and all that. When they were when they were playing quite poorly at times, they, they hung in there and they stuck with it, but they ultimately ended up losing the game. I don't know. Uh, Alan Kamara, spectacular against that Bears defense. That's all i got to say about that. So we'll talk about the Detroit Lions, the only team in the division the Vikings actually have dominated over many, 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 many years. They lose by 20 today to the Indianapolis Colts, who are 5-2. and two. Again, they started off the season really, really well. Had a couple of crappy games, and now they're right back at it again. 41-21. Lions are 3-4. and four. They're still ahead of the Vikings in the division, so we'll see if we can overtake them. You know, because we, we don't want to draft high. We want to draft in the middle, because drafting in the middle and missing the playoffs is exciting. You know, just at, at, at least it makes you feel like you're doing something, right? I, I guess. I guess that's the point of view for some of you out there. If you think, I want this team to lose... Because I just want to, because I just want them to lose. No, it's because <laughs> we all want that high draft pick. That's all we want—a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. But hopefully, if we wind up six and ten, seven and nine, which means we'll be a little further down in the uh, pecking order, that this franchise can still find the right guy. Because you got to get a quarterback. You've got to get a quarterback. You can talk about cornerbacks all you want. What did we take three last year? Right? We took Gladney. We took Cam Dantzler. God forbid. Hopefully he's okay. Poor kid. And you took uh, Harrison Hand. I don't know about that guy. But uh, the other two, we'll see. Maybe Harrison Hand will be okay. Boyd, boy, boy, I don't know. I bet he had an ACL today. Uh, I bet he did. I bet he did. Uh, Phillip Rivers threw for three touchdowns. Yeah, that doesn't mean Kirk Cousins should be going crazy and trying to make spectacular plays against Indianapolis, though. It would be fun to see him get to Jefferson, get a little bit something going again with Jefferson. I'd be okay with that. It's fun to watch and all that. It really is. It's just... How confident am I in Kirk Cousins to lead this franchise anywhere? I mean, if we're six and or excuse me, we're ten and six, eleven and five, with Kirk Cousins at the helm, does it really mean a whole lot when the playoffs start? That's my point here, and that's what other people's points are as well. Uh, Mackie and Judd, Declan Goff, all those guys in that uh, post-game conversation we always listen to. Well, not everybody, but some of us listen to uh, on YouTube or whatever. 
they don't need my help, but I could use theirs. Okay, that, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, they were talking about that. It does not mean you're not a fan if you're like rooting for the Vikings to have a crappy record so we can get a super good draft pick. That doesn't mean you're a bad fan. It just means you want to get a legitimate Super Bowl quarterback, hopefully. Now, it didn't work out for Detroit, but, De- but that's because Detroit's an absolute freaking mess. They just never could get anything together. I want to believe the Vikings are more capable of doing the right thing and creating a great uh, situation for this quarterback. It certainly helps when you have uh, the other two major ingredients when you want to think about the trifecta at quarterback, receiver, running back. Quarterback, running back, receiver, whatever you want to say. You have Lawrence or Fields, Delvin Bleepin Cook, who's a top five running back, if not a top two running back in the NFL, a guy who literally has Walter Payton-type moves. I'm, I'm not kidding. He legitimately has that. I, I couldn't even say that about Adrian Peterson, Mr. 2,000-yard season. He didn't have moves like that. He didn't. He had power and speed, but there was that one extra oomph that was missing from Adrian, and that's the moves, the shiftiness. Um, but he did have the power. He was super powerful, still is, kind of, and he's on the Detroit Lions, which is cool, but uh, boy, look at his numbers today. Mm. Nothing to brag about, but of course you can't really have a whole lot of running success in a game like this. But uh, you also have Justin Bleep and Jefferson, who makes everything look easy. I mean, his plays look so simplistic with the way the way he the way he do, the way he does the way he does it. Let's just say the it factor that Justin Jefferson has. It looks simplistic, when in reality, any of us out there trying to make the same play would be like, okay, no, you know what I mean? That's what it's like. Or even like, say, uh, B.C. Johnson, Chad Beebe, you know, <laughs> guys like that. Danny Amendola, okay, there we go, Danny Amendola, there's your New England Patriots wide receiver type of guy who's uh, on Detroit. They're not going to make plays like Justin Jefferson, and they're certainly as sure as hell not going to make it look as easy as he makes it look. See, he doesn't explode like Randy Moss necessarily, where you're just like, holy mother of Moses. Every time he catches the ball, it looks like a 70-yard touchdown is going to happen. Something amazing is going to happen. So you got to change the whole strategy of football that Cover 2 took over for years. And then the Brett Favre's of the world and God knows who else uh, took advantage of that by uh, bringing back the, you know, by making the West Coast offense as uh, big time as it was. Obviously, that had kind of come and gone, but it came majorly back to uh, counter that uh, cover two offense where you just go for those 11-yard gains over and over and over, burn the hell out of people um, that way. Because the cover two could only be successful for so long, just guarding the deep plays. But Justin Jefferson, again, he just makes everything look easy. I hope we can see a little bit of that against Detroit coming up. I mean, it's a bend-but-don't-break defense, but it's a broken defense. I mean, come on. I mean, occasionally they'll have their moments, but generally speaking, it's not working. Uh, Stafford puts up numbers. He's been a pain in the butt against the Vikings forever. But I don't know. Uh, generally speaking, again, this is the only team in our division we've truly dominated. 76-39, and 39, dating all the way back to the early 60s when everything started. But don't forget how good Detroit was way back in the old days. I mean, Wade had literally dominated the Vikings. Uh, Detroit had won the first five ever. And then it was win, or it was loss, tie, loss, blah, blah, blah. Detroit was like, what, like 
10, 10 and 3 against us, basically, by that point. It was pretty crazy. Um, 10, 2, and 3, basically, at that point. And then the Vikings during the late 60s, all the way up to, oh my God, October 1968. It was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 wins in a row for the Vikings. Lord, uh, that's one of the major reasons why the Vikings' uh, record against Detroit is so good. But pretty much the whole 70s, we made up for anything that was uh, bad. So 13, 1, 14, 2, <laughs> 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 3. Wow. 19 and 3 up to 78. 20, uh, 20, 21-3. During the course of 68 to 1979. That is something else. And there was a little back and forth for a while. Kind of so-and-so during the early 80s. Because the Vikings just weren't as good. 86 on. You had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 wins in a row for Minnesota again. We actually lost three games in a row. Because Detroit was super good in the early 90s. Because of Barry Sanders, Rodney Pete, guys like that. Pete was a good quarterback. Barry Sanders was insane. And that's back when I started watching the Vikings. That was back when I started watching the Minnesota Vikings and, and and the NFL and all that. And I'm like, Detroit is one of those tough teams you got to really watch out for. D- Detroit's tough. Really tough. Little did I know back then what a garbage heap Detroit was before that and what they would become not long after that. <laughs> Detroit was tough in the early 90s and in the 50s and in the early 60s and all that. But, yeah... Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln has been the play. I mean, we've had wins and losses type of things with them. We've often lost on the road to them. We almost never, never, we almost never lose at home to them. Uh, what was the stretch? I mean, '97 was their last loss at home versus Detroit. Yeah, we actually got swept by the Detroit Lions in '97. Wow, and that was our first freaking season where we actually won a playoff game versus the. Uh, uh, we actually won our first playoff game with Dennis Green and what was, his, what was his fifth try. Terrible. And it took all kinds of miracles and luck there. But the Vikings had not lost a home game versus Detroit until 2014. That's how dominant it was for so long. It was unbelievable the success level. And there was another massive win streak from 2002 up to 2006. Vikings versus Detroit. You lose an overtime in that 2007 game where Tavares Jackson threw five interceptions. And, my goodness, another huge win streak after that. It's just crazy. And now the Vikings are on another pretty long one. Five wins in a row after uh, Matthew Stafford had some really good years. 16, 17, and, of course, in 14, Detroit was awesome that year, and the Vikings just kind of weren't. Detroit was really good that year, actually. Their defense is great. Absolutely awesome. We got uh, we lost 17-3. to versus Detroit. Pretty uh, ass-kicking loss. Ah, we lost in 2011 to Detroit. Okay, that was the first one since 97. We lost at home versus Detroit that year, 26-23. So, generally speaking, it's been a virtual blowout, generally speaking. We'll see if it comes to an end. And you follow up beating the bleeping Packers, one of the most dangerous teams in the NFC, with a loss... (laughs) <laughs> with the loss to Detroit, that'd be kind of sad. But it happens sometimes. Things happen. Vikings will be hosting this one. And hopefully it won't be our first loss at home to Detroit since 2014. No. 
Oh, we did lose at home to, yeah, we did lose at home in 16. That was the one that, yeah, that was another one. 16, I forgot about that. Good Lord. And we lost at home to Detroit. Yeah, we lost back-to-back -back home games to Detroit. Isn't that crazy? 17, the year that everything was all exciting and Delvin Cook tore his ACL. And that game actually cost us home field, technically. And that game actually officially was the one that did, because it's a divisional game. That type of situation where it's division, conference, all that. It cost us home field advantage versus Philly or Atlanta or, well, Philly. We would have had it over Atlanta, but it's crazy. It's crazy. We had to screw around in that game, and freaking Cook got hurt. And, yeah, God. And uh, Case Keenum had his worst game as a Viking, other than that freaking Philly game. But, yeah, bottom line, I don't think the Vikings are going to lose to Detroit at home. I, I, I don't think so. Uh, long story longer is I've been dragging this out for all eternity like I always do because it's the second segment. It just always winds up like this. Uh, looking at history and looking across the league and all that. I would be very surprised if the Vikings lose this game. And again, I want that draft pick. I want the, I want a superstar quarterback. It's just I'm just looking at this as analyzing a football game. That's, that's just all it is to me. I don't see the Vikings losing the, to the Detroit Lions in U.S. Bank Stadium with fans or not. I think the Vikings offense has momentum like you wouldn't believe. As long as Cook stays healthy, I think he's going to annihilate this Detroit defense. I really do. Um, but I also think Justin Jefferson is going to have a very nice day. Uh, Philip Rivers, you didn't see the turnovers. You saw a great, great game from him. Three touchdowns, 262, all that. Jordan Wilkins averaged about five yards a carry against them. Jonathan Taylor, not so much. That's, of course, the two Colts running backs. Naheem Hines had, uh, had a very exciting game with a couple of receiving plays. Catches and scampers and all that, those screen passes. A couple of touchdowns for Naheem Hines. Good for him. And we all know he's a deadly, he's a dangerous kick returner as well. Like what he can do. That was, of course, with the Colts. Nothing to do with the Vikings. Just kind of mentioning how well he played because I've always been a fan of his. <laughs> TJ Hawkinson, well, as long as, <laughs> as long as Kendricks is somewhere near him, it'll be okay. Otherwise, Vikings have struggled against good tight ends forever. And I mean forever, including in 20, uh, 2017 when it mattered most. And I'll remember that very well. Unfortunately, Marvin Hall is what he is. Adrian Peterson... I'm expecting a good game from him, actually. I am. But then, yeah, because uh, obviously good, strong running back against this Vikings uh, run defense has not been very good. It's, it's not. Uh, are we going to see Cam Dantzler in the game? I say no. Almost no chance. That's the one major thing. I think the Vikings are going to have to sign somebody off the street because Boyd's probably got an ACL and Dantzler's not going to play next week. That's one thing, where Stafford might end up having a great game. That might be where Detroit wins. So all of you tank for Trevor people might be like, okay, cool, we, we got this. <laughs> uh, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, I don't know. Yep, they say he hurt his knee, but they didn't say any further details yet as of three hours ago. Uh, but I got a bad feeling about that. I got a very bad feeling. Holden Hill stinks. Well, if he's going to be healthy, if he's going to be healthy, he's going to have to probably be out there. But I do think the Minnesota Vikings will be signing somebody uh, off the street, probably. And it is what it is. They pretty much have to, right? Um, 
I don't know what else to say. Again, it looked like an ACL. I, I hope not, because, I mean, when you go down in a heap like that, and you're grabbing your knee, and you can't put any pressure on it, Oh boy, I don't know, man. I I I don't I don't know. It didn't look good. Uh, Dantzler, obviously, it's at least a concussion. As for neck injury, well, he was moving everything, and uh, he had movement everywhere, so that's a really good sign. I don't know. I hope he's going to be okay too. I hope he's going to be okay, but I have a feeling neither one of them will play in the game. Oh, Cam Dancer travel home. Yep, okay, that was three hours ago. He used to travel home with the Vikings after neck injury. So, okay. Okay, well, it sounds like he's going to be okay. But, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. He's prob I, I, I'll be surprised if he plays. I mean, he went through some hell this week, didn't he? Uh, the whole COVID scare and all that, depending on how you feel about all of COVID. I'm I'm not somebody who's, like, refusing to touch doorknobs and stuff. I'm not that kind of person, but some of you might be. <laughs> so those are the ones that would be much more scared about that than uh, anybody else, I guess. <clears throat> the reason why the Vikings would lose is, of course, because of Matthew Stafford. It won't be because of Detroit's defense. This isn't the this isn't four or five years ago when their defense was really, really good. And their offense was good. They, and they still had Megatron and all that. Um, I... I I, 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 Detroit shouldn't beat the Vikings, but I mean, who's going to be the cornerback? My goodness, who's left? Uh, luckily, you got Jeff Gladney. He's really good. Mike Hughes is just a bust. He can't stay healthy for anything. We complain about Delvin Cook being able to stay healthy, but look at Mike Hughes. He's even worse. It's re it, it's a joke. He's worse. Uh, and again, Dantzler. I mean, that was a pretty freak injury, and Boyd's another freak injury. So you might get to see Holden Hill out there again, who was pretty much the worst cornerback in the NFL when he started. Yay. So that would be why we would lose. The pass defense might be just absolutely disgusting. Uh, but generally speaking, if the defense plays with the, with the uh, momentum, attitude, and nastiness that they had this week, we absolutely should get the job done. Obviously, the Vikings' offense is going to be fun to watch. I expect a high-scoring game. I expect a high-scoring game. I mean, it's going to be high. It's not going to be, you know, and it's not outdoors either. It's going to be a high-scoring game. It's going to be a dome football type of game, or should we say indoor football? It's not a dome anymore. Indoor stadium football type of game. Uh, 34 to 31, 34-24, 34-28, 27-41. How about this? Vikings score 41 points next week. Justin Jefferson, two touchdowns. What do you think of that? Cook, at least one. Both of them reached the century mark. Kirk Cousins is going to have big numbers. He's going to have 300 yards in the game. 300. Not more than that. Because uh, I think you're going to run the ball a decent amount to run the clock down. But I do think Justin Jefferson is going to have a really good first, second, third quarter, whatever it is. There's going to be a big moment or two where Justin Jefferson is going to break out. It's not going to be Thielen. It's going to be Jefferson. Um, I, I think he's going to have a big game against this Detroit defense. And Minnesota wins the game 41 yeah, we're going to score 41, just like Indianapolis. I can just see 40 points. That's just flashing in front of me right now. 41-31. Minnesota wins by 10. We give up 31 points, but we still win the game. We have a late score that kind of puts the game on ice. I don't think Detroit's going to go way behind and make a comeback. I think Minnesota's going to pull away at the end. Something along the legs of that. 41-31. Minnesota wins by 10 over the Detroit Lions. Justin Jefferson, multiple touchdowns. 120-plus yards in the game. That's my prediction. 
going forward. Justin Jefferson always seems to respond back with these quiet from these quiet games. It's going to be fun to watch. But uh, don't be surprised if he wins the uh, Fran Tarkington Award next week. JJ, Justin Jefferson, number 18, Minnesota. With that said, we'll take a quick break, and we will get to fan interaction right after this. Joey. Um, so, I send you in an audio submission, and the next day we get this Nagokwe trade. And it's like, flipping out, I'm going to have to do another, another call-in, because I, I guess you're going to have a lot to say on it, and I certainly do. Um, is it a case that finally the uh, Spillman front office, the lights are turning on. They've suddenly realised that, hey, hey, this ain't going to be a winning season. And I think we've all kind of said, or a lot of us have said that 8-8 eight and eight, was probably something of a high end that we expected this year. Um, but as to as to Spielman, I mean, I kind of got into it on Twitter with a, a few UK Viking fans who seem to be Spielman apologists still. I don't know how long they've been supporting the team, but you know, ultimately, this comes down to success. Rick's been with the Purple since, what, 2006? He came in uh, just after Brad Childress, who... I guess it's old history, but I never felt Childress was the right man for the job because, in essence, he'd ridden the coattails of Andy Reid to success. And I really felt Tice deserved a couple of more years to get the ship steadier. Uh, but as we said, that is old history. But what that gave us was that famous triangle of authority. Um, and let's be honest... It wasn't very good. They, they got lucky in 2009 when they managed to uh, pick up old good old number four, who went on a fantastic season in 2009 and took us to that championship game. But without Brett, where would the team have been in 2009? Would it would it have been a dumpster fire like it was when poor old Brett fell off the ladder in 2010? Um, you, no, you take that season out of the equation and what have you got? Um, if, we, if we count out the Brett Farr season, we've got one championship game out of Spillman. One. And two playoff wins in the last decade. Now, the question is, is that good enough? Um, I don't think so, after what's been thrown in. Um, and again... With these extensions, the Wilfs are way too loyal. This season should have been a prove-it year. You know, show me what you can do this year when the pressure is really on you. Because the only stat that really matters is the 3-16 and 16 against teams that have finished above 500. If we cannot beat good teams, I do feel to a degree it's time to move on. And this Yannick Nagokwe trade made absolutely no sense to me. Um, when you looked at the Vikings' schedule and the kind of calibre of quarterbacks they were facing, and what does the brain trust decide here? It was a good idea to get rid of all our free veteran cornerbacks in one season and um, go with inexperienced guys and rookies. So their solution was to go and trade for Nagokwe, an edge rusher. So you got no, you, you, yeah, you might get a little bit of extra support for those um, those cornerbacks, but that was it. That was their solution. An outside linebacker. 
And and then you look at what we've lost in the trade when, you know, clearly... Um, actually, I'll go back a little bit. You know, you, how could you keep Nagokwe? Um, he would have looked for a lot more money last year. And we are in cap hell. There is no way we could have afforded him next year with an extension. Um, and then, of course, there's Hunter, who will be looking for a lot more money. So the likely outcome was you lost both of them. And where the hell are you? Were you so blinkered in that head office that you thought Cousins and the offence could do enough to cover up all the flaws in a defence that you absolutely decimated. So what we've ended up with is now a low-end third. So, we, you know, think about it. You know, we've, got, we've gone from a potential pick of, say, 36 to 40 down to potentially the 90s. And we need every bloody draft pick that we can get. I mean... The simple fact, Joey, is that Spielman has put this team in a massive bind with all these expensive contracts. Again, another thing that I kind of got into over the course of the latter part of the week was that, oh, oh, he's done such a great job with all these draft picks. We've got 14 out of 15, evidently, that are on the team. Um, Yeah, why is that? Because the team has no bloody money to go out and buy or trade for decent veteran players. So we are lumbered with these guys. And, uh, and another thing that always annoys me about Mr. Spielman and it, is the fact that he loves to draft back, doesn't it? He? he loves to pick up all those extra picks in the sixth and seventh round. And, yeah, great. Yeah, super. So you, you, you've gone backwards and you're going back to sort of much less talented players. And you're, in essence, throwing a dart in the dartboard and hoping that you hit gold. Um, and how often has that actually panned out? You can only look at the D-line for that, where they've used so many different individuals and, and none have particularly worked. Um, I feel kind of sad for the Wilfs because they've been happy to spend a lot of money to get this team over that final hump and get us a championship. But I, I, I do feel it's time for a change. Um, you, you look at Rick, and I think clearly this year what he wanted to do was rebuild on the fly. Uh, with our current quarterback, that was always going to be, I think, a major, major difficult achievement to do. Um, unless you've got an elite quarterback who, who can cover up so many deficiencies within a team, you're not going to achieve that. And, you know, we've got a first, high first, probably, and a low third, and another third. Um, but we're going to need every pick, because, okay, let's look at the wide receiving core. We've got two legitimate wide receivers um, in Phelan and Jefferson. But if one of those gets injured, we've basically got one elite wide receiver who's going to be double-teamed every damn game. And who is Cousins going to throw to then? Um, and finally, I'd like to say, you know, I, I do love Zim. I, I love the hard-nosed coach who's a, who's a player's coach. But of the 32 coaches that have won Super Bowl, all but five, and that's Chuck Knoll, John Madden, Tom Landry, Bill Cower, and Andy Reid, have won that Super Bowl within the five, within five years of taking that team over. Um... I just don't feel a defensive coach in a pass-happy league is going to get it done, sadly. So we really do need to take a new direction. Um, so we'll wait and see how this season pans out and what the Wilfs do. Anyway, Jay, I, yeah, again, probably said too much. Take it easy, my friend.
And as always, I can't thank you enough for calling in, my friend. Uh, you'll take it easy as well, Dave. Mad Martin. Thank you always. That was a that was an awesome, awesome, awesome call in. Lot to unpack. Of course, I won't get to everything because it's you know there's there's no way I could. You know, sometimes it's good to just let someone else have the floor, and then not have to like follow every little thing like uh, exactly like after we say you know so it's like it's good to let him have a chance to just say his piece and that was awesome uh that was awesome uh, on on spielman i feel you i feel you i mean it drives me absolutely crazy trading back for a sixth seventh round pick this and that over and over to pile those up it, it's kind of silly and always he always seems to ignore the problems that continue to be there obviously very many questionable moves going into this season uh, trying to save cap space by restructuring Kirk Cousins while giving him an extension. Uh, the trade for Ngakwe when there was no real plan to keep him necessarily. So what was the point there? Uh, you get a, you lose a second round pick that you could have really used. Maybe a potentially very high second round pick considering this team probably won't have a great record. Even 7-9, and nine, you're still going to have a reasonably high pick. Not great, but higher than what we would have hoped. I, w- I, I, I got a thing coming into the year. Um, obviously the linebacker signing of uh, Mr. Anthony Barr signing him for that much and all that sometimes it's good to just let guys go obviously uh, we hung on to Xavier Rhodes probably a little too long it was about time that was more of a common sense type of thing stuff like that I mean uh, I like Zimmer's ability to be tough and in big moments and everything like today's game against the Packers I thought he had one of his best games as as, uh, coach of the Vikings Mike Zimmer Uh, that hard-nosed style he is a he's a damn good coach. It's just that is he a championship coach? I don't know. Uh, the whole five year thing, where guys uh, won championships within that five year period, this and that, and some of them just didn't. Obviously, and like Andy Reid took forever, but he still ended up being a great coach and eventually finally won one with Kansas City. Bill Cowher took a long time and won one with uh, the Steelers, like a long time after he got hired. This and that. Sometimes that's just how it goes, I guess. It's crazy how long some of those guys have coached. Absolutely crazy. Zimmer, this is his only head coaching job in the NFL, I gotta think. Not because he's bad, but because he started too late, obviously. It just is what it is because of, you know, maybe he didn't interview real well. All of that stuff, a lot of that's kind of like uh, been part of the story with Zim. Um, But no, great thoughts, great thoughts. Uh, Again, sometimes it's good to just let you have the floor rather than I just kind of have to interrupt and, or not interrupt, but like, analyze every little thing and like say yeah so he said this and then I respond with that and this and that so uh, obviously great stuff great stuff great calling and uh, great thoughts hope everybody enjoyed that as I did uh, no question about that we'll hear more from Mad Martin now on Twitter <laughs> and others at Purple Mafia Show at Purple Mafia Show Finster Mono out of Australia Tene Brown out of New Zealand and Malcolm McSween out of California thank you guys so much for Retweeting the most recent show, episode 125, Ugly As It Gets, Ugly As It Gets. That's awesome. This is episode 326, of course. Um, thank you guys so much for that. Likes and follows. Mad Martin says, listening to the podcast, not sure you want my opinion on this game. Well, yeah, <laughs> always uh, always welcome. Yeah, that was a big call-in, but that's a good, uh, that was a good call-in, very good call-in. Uh, you have the floor, my friend. You have the floor, the keys to the castle, as a, uh, a hockey pad podcast out there would say, you have the keys to the castle. Uh, Mad Martin says, I would not worry about your numbers. It's been a shit year, and our team is not helping our mood. 
Keep the faith, brother, and don't give up. And thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. My goodness. My goodness. You know, it's been frustrating. He says, voice text. Don't get me started. Bleeping hated also. Yeah, but it messes up the... Yeah, it messes up the whole conversation. Completely bleeps it up. And then you press send too fast. And then then you got to waste more time explaining what you said and how you're sorry and you're, that you're using voice text. And that's why it's all weird. And, oh, my God. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, just my heart's just racing thinking about that. Mad Martin says, "How long before Cousins loses the team body language? Loses the team body language looked terrible yesterday. He was. Oh, yep, I see. It's just it's two words that got stuck together. He was. He was. Yeah, he was absolutely awful in that first half. In that first half, a complete no show. As per usual, he padded his stats in park at garbage time when the game was done." Pardon me. Whew, thank God for the cough button. Had to sneeze there all of a sudden. My apologies. <laughs> but that's exactly right. And they even mentioned that too. How, see, he's the kind of guy it would be good to have in your fantasy game because he'll, he'll always pad those stats, Kirk Cousins, unless it's just one of his, his crazy games where nothing happens. Where today he didn't really have a whole much, uh, whole lot there, but that's fine if you want the Vikings to win. Probably the less Kirk does, the better, unless it's Justin Jefferson padding uh, Kirk's stats for him, per se. Uh, touchdowns and yards and all that good stuff and accurate plat passes. <laughs> yeah, that's what he does. He pads his stats. He really does. Another one, he says, uh, Mad Martin says, I've got to say, I don't blame any fan for saying tank it. What's the point of winning another game? We now need to look at the long-term picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we won today, but uh, obviously this was like, this is like after the Atlanta game, of course. It's true, though. I mean, it's true. Would you rather be, is 6-10 and going to get you any closer to the postseason than 3-13? and 13? You know what I'm saying? So there is that. There really is. Um, another one, uh, I don't envy you guys with the choice of candidates for president. It's no better here. It's a total shambles. Most posi- most politicians are self-serving arseholes. Yep. Most of them are. Most of them are. Yeah. Yeah, most of them are. I... I do have a candidate that I strongly prefer over the other, but no, I mean I understand how there is a, there's a, there's always self-serving. There's always uh, an agenda one way or another. Of course, I don't want to get too far into it, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there is a major frustration with uh, everything these days. There really is. There, there really is. Um, most of you probably know who I prefer. Most of you probably do. Not everybody, but most of you probably do. I uh, says. Sounding tired on the podcast, my friend. Have a well-earned rest Rest this week. I'm treating the rest of the season as a preseason. Let's see what we've got for the future in these young players. And yeah, unfortunately, see, I was tired after doing lawn cleanups. And then during the week off, I did zero lawn cleanups because of the snow. And then now I'm back doing cleanups again and all that. And right back to the games again doing the shows. So it's like right back to the grind, boy. Not that I don't enjoy doing the shows. It's just that the grind of the lawn cleanups during this time of year. It's going to be nice when it's over. And it usually is. Uh, Mad Martin says, I I do wonder, should this team have stayed in an outside? Yeah. Well, God, yes. When I read this, I was like, God, yes. He says, I do wonder, should this team have stayed an outside team? 68, 78. Four Super Bowl appearances and five NFC Championship games. So back then, that's what's it? Oh, 68-1978. What's wrong with me? Four Super. I'm looking at the. I thought it was a record. Those are the years. I apologize, Dave. 
1978, four Super Bowl appearances in five NFC Championship games, 79 to 20. That was like the year I was born all the way up to today. Five, just five NFC Championship games, and guess what? 0 for 5. 0 for 5 in those five NFC Championship games. 0 for 5. Yeah. 0 for 5. Yeah, that was the Redskins. Redskins won. And to think of how long it took just to get to that stricken Falcons game. 1987 to 98. Oof. Oof. And 87 to 98 felt like a lifetime. It really did because... You know, I was very young in 87. I was I was very much around and all that, and I remember the game, actually, yes. But, um, yeah, 98, 11 years later, I was basically a young adult already, um, and I was. Giants, 41 donut. I'm missing one, aren't I? Uh, Saints, yeah. Oh, Saints and then Eagles. Yeah, Saints and Eagles. Yeah, that's five, yep. Over five, my friend. Isn't that just terrible? And a couple of uh, second-round games that were heartbreakers along the way uh, earlier as well. And uh, there it is. Matt Martin says, enjoy a well-earned week off and recharge them batteries, Joey. Yeah, thank you. He was sharing the show. Can't thank you enough for that. October 18th was that one. Uh, here we go to, to uh, not today, back about that time. He says, now I knew it was bad, so under Cousins against teams that finished the season above 500, the Vikings are 3 and 16 against teams that made the playoffs. Yep, are 3 against 16. Sorry, pardon me. Against teams that made the playoffs, 2 and 14. What was the GM thinking extending him? I'm rooting for losses now. Yeah, I mean, they should have analyzed something. They needed to analyze more because. Remember when the Vikings did sign Kirk Cousins from the New York, uh, from the Washington Redskins, and remember when everyone was all excited about the the prospect of signing him? I just kept responding with a monotone answer, and I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting excited back then. And it, because it's mostly because there just never was anything to get excited about. There, he's not Brett Favre. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not, you know, he's just not. He's not even Jimmy Garoppolo to me. He's not. Garoppolo might actually be inferior in some ways, but at least he got it to the Super Bowl for crying out loud. Cousins, I just never see that happening. I, I never got excited about him. I, I couldn't. There was just nothing there. And that, that was why. It took me a while to really truly realize that. Um, he says, what? Oh, yeah, because there was a rumor out there. NFL.com lists Vikings as a top trade spot for Sam Darnold, but should they be interested? What? If this happens, I... I might just become a Bears fan until our front office is blown up. <laughs> yep. And then I was saying, God bless Sid Hartman always and forever. Yep, because he died during that time. Very sad. Uh, he died, right? Yeah, he died the day the Vikings got beat by the Falcons. Yep, that was two whole weeks ago already. Let's see if there's a couple more from today. There should be. Yeah, a lot of people have died. Sean Connery died today. So last two, last time I did a show, Sid Hartman died, a legend, 100-year-old sports columnist. And then today, a 90-year-old legendary James Bond and many other uh, acting jobs over the years, including like a King Arthur, or no, Robin Hood, and King Arthur, yeah, first night, that was a kind of a, kind of a, uh, kind of a uh, what do they call that, like a supporting role in that one. He was Robin Hood as like a, like a, like an older guy in uh, the late 70s. That was a cool, that was a cool looking movie. Oh, he was in so many movies, that guy. Sean Connery, he was uh, uh, Indiana Jones' dad in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Sean frickin' Connery. 
Uh, yep, he was he was King Richard for a couple seconds in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. That was really cool. I will not allow this wedding to proceed unless I'm allowed to give the bride away. <laughs> you look radiant, cousin. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bond. James Bond. Shaken, not stirred. Okay, you get the idea. Uh, yeah, nobody has the same voice. Nobody has the same presence. He was the son of a gun, man. He really was. Ah, oh, man. You just knew it when he was like 88, 89. You just knew it. You just knew it. You just knew one of these days you're going to hear something because it's, you know, it's real quiet. You don't hear anything about Sean Connery anymore. And then I guess he died in his sleep. God bless Sean Connery. A moment of silence. Oh, God bless Sean Connery. Awesome. Awesome. Mad Martin says, I think this game is purely for a masochist today. That secondary will be like Swiss cheese. Just hope Cousins does not light it up with zero pressure on him. Want to win, but don't. And yeah, because it's fun, especially beating the Packers. It's a lot of fun. Uh, thread. There's a thread. Did I respond? I think I did, or somebody did. Yep. I was saying it certainly looks masochistic so far. Uh, Mad Martin was saying, I would hope... That's our last win this season, but no doubt they win more games and totally bleep up the draft as always. Yeah, just like the Minnesota Wild, and the you know, yeah, Minnesota Wild, like, yay, we're always stuck in the middle. We get, like, the 15th, 16th, 17th pick, and you get Luke Cunning instead of, you know, a star player. But there's always star players floating around. You just, do you ever have faith in the frickin' front office to find the guy? You got Justin Jefferson, though. I mean, that guy's a franchise wide receiver. You got Delvin Cook, a franchise running back. Now, if we can get a franchise quarterback, well, or, you know, and God forbid, a frickin', well, another couple of couple of linemen pop up. Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, boy. Yep, here it is. He, he asked the question. Mad Martin says, can this GM identify and cultivate the next quarterback? One thing is undeniable. This run office was so negligent in identifying that Cousins needed line help. He's not a mobile quarterback, and they did bugger all to build around his strengths after spending their money. They did bugger all, didn't they? Yeah, basically that means they did absolutely nothing. <laughs> For those of you that might be not sure about the slang term there, um, they did bugger all. They really, they did, that means nothing, man. I mean, they didn't do jack. Jack bleep. That's what we might say around here. Um, uh, yeah, you take a guy who's not mobile, he doesn't sense pressure well, and you ignore the offensive line. That's like buying a Ferrari and putting diesel fuel in it. Makes perfect sense, right? Perfect sense. Put just just put diesel fuel right into that Ferrari, and uh, enjoy. You know, unless Ferraris take diesel, because maybe I'm not a car expert or anything, but I don't think they do. You'd probably want to put the premium high octane, right? Right, something like that. Ninety two. Octane, right? In something like that. Um, and you put freaking diesel in it. <coughs> Makes perfect sense, right? Sam Gupta, out of Cali. Thank you so much for this. Hi, Joey. Thank you for continuing to belt out episodes. It's been a tough year for all of us. And while I know the Vikings haven't made it easy, everyone appreciates you continuing the podcast. Hashtag Vikings, hashtag Skull. Thank you so much, Sam. Thank you for so much and for many, 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 many years of being part of this show. God bless you, man. Just uh, thank you. Uh, it, and, yep, yeah, I mean, it's one. It's just one of those years again. It's just one of those years. And Kevin McMahon, a legend there, he did a podcast from the cheap seats. I don't know if he still does it anymore. 
But uh, it had been around for a while, and then it just stopped. And uh, let's just say I agree with Kevin McMahon, in case he's listening when it comes to uh, who he's going to vote for on Tuesday. Let's just leave it at that. He says, yep, I was saying Walter Payton is in Minnesota. That would be uh, Delvin Cook. That would be Delvin Cook. He says, yeah, pretty damn close if he can learn to goal line leap. Yeah. <laughs> but, yep, Kevin McMahon from Wisconsin. Awesome. Very cool guy. Uh, Malcolm McSween out of California says, amazing. Yep, that was about the game. Yep. Malcolm doesn't say a whole lot, but when he does, yeah, he's just a great guy. Absolutely great guy. And uh, I appreciate the retweets. And let's keep let's keep the conversations coming, Malcolm. I love hearing from you. He says, uh, and yep, all Hall of Famers right here, man. Mad Martin, Kevin, Sam. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Mad Martin, Malcolm, and Sam. Yep, no question about it. Kevin McMahon, love to hear from you some more, too. We're on the same side, Kevin. We are. I know that for my, uh, for sure. Uh, he says, uh, where's Mad Martin? Be happy with the win, but that's it. Yeah, it, it's just fun, partially because it's the Packers. Partially because it's the Packers. It was a very impressive thing. It's just, man, why couldn't we do that in, like, last year? Maybe we could have had a little bit of, uh, yeah, Maybe we could have had home field. Maybe we could have had a first round bye last year. Maybe we could have won the freaking division. Maybe we could have, okay, well, maybe we could have still got our butts kicked in San Francisco, but in the NFC Championship game, which sounds familiar. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Kirk Cousins is still the quarterback. Kirk Cousins in the Super Bowl versus <laughs> versus Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord, I wish, I wish. I wish it would actually work out if that ever happened. Facebook, yeah, no, we'll get to Facebook in a second. Twitter's Twitter's chock full today, and we got our big, big, big call in from Mad Martin. Mad Martin wraps up this section and says, "I would, I would hope that's our last win the season, but no doubt they'll be. Oh yeah, they win more games and totally beat up the draft as always. And I know, I know exactly what you're saying there. I really do." Uh, I don't have the I don't have the Purple Mafia load or the Facebook page one, but Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia shows the Facebook at Purple Mafia show is Le Twidia. So if I can hope to find some stuff here, that would be nice. And the, boy, the uh, the followers keep dropping. It's kind of sad. I don't know if it's just people frustrated with the team or something I said or I don't know. They just I don't know. Yeah, people were very, very pissed off about the Ngakwe trade. Pissed, I mean pissed off. So, yep, let's go here. Lots of conversations this week, generally speaking, so it's, the show is just going to keep rolling here. Oh my God, is it late? I didn't realize how long this show already is. It is what it is, though. We beat the Packers, I guess, and there's a lot of stuff that's happened in the uh, the week off. Gerald's Ring says, you do such a great job. Don't think I would worry too much about the numbers being down. Yep, to a point... Uh, to point to your point, a couple of shows ago, such a bland, melancholy year. Plus, we aren't exactly laying it up out there. I would bet if we could have knocked off the Titans and Seahawks, it would be different. Oh, yes, that was the other one, the Titans game. Yeah, think about that. So that's uh, two more wins right there. That would be three. Uh, no, two more wins right there. We would be four and, uh, yeah. It'd be at least four and three. Just just those right there. Just those. It'd be four and three. That's insane. Just those. Help. Man, isn't that just sad? It's true. And maybe we actually show up against the freaking Falcons. Five and two. Okay, I'll shut up. He says it would be different. I was worried about the Falcons the minute I seen 
<laughs> they fired the head coach. I actually almost changed my weekly picks because of that. Yeah, the sugar high. Uh, the surprise part was how bad we got blown out. I really didn't see that ha that coming. Your numbers have nothing to do with your skills or show. Don't think they will come back until we have a team worth watching again. Might be a while. Skull, thanks for hanging in there with us. Long-time fans have been through this before, and we just stick it out. Better days slash years will come. And yep, Thank you so much, Cheryl. That is awesome of you to say. That, that really is. Uh, that's uh, I appreciate every bit of that. So we'll see. Yep, this is where things get very busy. Uh, very busy. The Ngakwe trade. See, I didn't even actually really talk about it because, well, I, I just kind of kept throwing it into the conversation. My thoughts on it are kind of like, yeah. Well, you you, you kind of heard me respond to uh, what Mad Martin had to say. That's kind of how I feel. It's just, yeah, I mean, it was exciting for a minute there. It certainly was. It just sucks because you end up going down a bit. We would have probably lost him in free agency. That's why it's okay to get that third round and condition third round pick back, and then conditional fifth round pick back in return. It's just that it went to Baltimore, so it's probably going to be a lower third round pick than the second round pick would have been. And the fact that it's not a second, it's a third now. Uh, yeah, you get the idea. Uh, it sucks. It just is what it is. Huh. Yep, yeah, we sent a second round pick and a conditional twenty-two. Uh, conditional fifth, so yeah, it's just I don't know, it's just weird, the whole thing is weird it's really weird, it's almost the exact same trade, just dropping around at the end of the day um, uh, I really like that guy, man, he was good he was super good and, I don't know, just what could have been what could have been, it would have been fun, but odds are we would have lost him as a free agent anyway, so I guess you gotta get something, the fact of the matter is we would have gotten a third round pick in compensation anyway, so that's kind of the annoying part uh, when you think about that, Dave Vicky on Iowa says, can you say short end of the stick? That's where we end up on Slick Rick's deals. Yannick was young, talented, and a great partner for Hunter. I liked the deal when he brought him in. Yep, I did too. For every seemingly good trade Slick Rick does, he makes three bad ones. Same with the draft. If Rick would have would have made a deal for Rudy or uh, Riley Reef. Or maybe Barr before we before he got hurt, we would be sitting pretty with a salary cap or draft capital. I, I I agree with that. Or had money to sign Yannick, or franchise tag him this off season. I say clear the benches of the rookies, get them on the field so we can see what what we got. I mean, what are we gonna do? Lose games? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh man. Let's see what this is. Eric Mustard, South Dakota says. WTF, it could get worse. Vikings reportedly open to dealing uh, Harrison Smith, tight end Kyle Rudolph, and Riley Reef. Sounds like Riley Reef is still on the table out there somewhere, but you just never know. You just never freaking know at the end of the day. Did I just click on something I did? Damn it. Damn. I don't like this. I just messed everything up here. Uh, not that bad. Yeah, we saw Matt. Yeah, Matt Blair. We'll get back to him in a moment here. So keep sliding down. Mike Feller, Stu Evans, South Dakota says, "I know we can't afford him next year, but come on, five sacks in five games, and we're getting rid of him like we have a defense anyway." I don't understand this organization anymore. Spielman has got to go. We gave up a second to get a third and a fifth. Period. We gave up. A second for a guy to play five games. Jiminy Christmas, basically. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. 
Uh, Dave Hickey says, and he did not say Jiminy Christmas. I'm just covering up for what he said. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Hickey says, that was a pretty expensive rental. We seemed to lose out in the trades with the Ravens. We screwed ourselves in the punter trade, too. God, that was bad. God, that was bad. Uh, place kicker, actually, a couple of years back. Place kicker. I think that was, yeah, pretty recent, but still, yeah, that was pretty bad. Josh Mayer Henry, there he is out of Colorado, says, the one solid performer we had on the D-line, and we get rid of him for peanuts. Really not happy about this move at all. I feel you. Roger M. Bowden says, oh, great, we lose a high second for a low third, I assume. If we didn't sign him back, we would have gotten a comp third rounder. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that crazy? Leland says, this year just keeps getting better and better. Jesse Ball says, I said it the other day. This confirms it. We are officially rebuilding. Eric Mustard says, tanking for Trevor. Roger Imboden says, trade Ricky for Ozzy Newsom. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Man, oh, man. Ah, man. Man, man, man. Tanae Brown says, rebuild begins. And then he shows uh, yep, an image of a Trevor Lawrence as a Minnesota Viking with that uh, long hair and all that stuff. Looks like a Final Fantasy character uh, post yeah FF7 or so era. Eric Mustard says, I'm having flashbacks to Viking Moss 2.0 and that was with uh, Mr. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. Oh, okay, he's talking about the 2010 when we just threw him away. Yeah. Made a trade for a traded draft pick and threw him away. Okay, so now Matt Blair, 1950 to 2020, loss of Matt Blair at age of 70. Apparently he had dementia in the end. Spectacular linebacker for the Vikings in the 70s and 80s. Gerald's Ring says, man, this season can't get any worse. Matt Blair was a staple of some of those great teams, 70s. Tough, tough losing two icons in less than one week. Yeah, no question about that. Uh, Dave Vicky says it's definitely a sad time. Matt Blair will go down as one of the all-time greats of the game and a great leader for the Vikings. Leland, Iowa. Leland Albertson says, one of the few old Vikes I actually met. Sad day, sad year. Mark Carlson, Iowa, says, oh no, I don't know what to say. His name is so familiar to Viking fans in my generation. I'm not sure if I had a football card of his or not, but I sure heard his name mentioned a lot during games. Thanks for keeping us updated, Joey, and you're welcome. Brad McCarthy, South Dakota, says, R.I.P., rest in peace. Dave Hickey, again, says, or did he did he respond earlier? Nope, this is his first one. Oh, yeah, he did. Um, Dave Hickey says, So sorry for the loss of one of the greatest Viking players of all time. He was my favorite linebacker as a kid. On the Purple People Eaters. Yep, he was a linebacker for the Purple People Eater uh, defense. Partly because he was from Iowa. Yeah. Iowa State. Iowa State, pardon me. And after him, Chad Greenway took over the Iowa mantle for Viking linebacker. Rest, rest in peace, Matt Blair. Yep, no question, no question, no question. Yep, Matt Blair, 70 years of age. God bless Matt Blair. Moment of silence. God bless Matt Blair. Oh, too much death. Too much. Too much death. Sean, Sid Hartman, Sean Connery, Matt Blair. Oh, too many. And I guess that Packer great died also. I forget. He was he like a cornerback or something. Yep, he was getting a pick six 
Uh, he died this week also. Yep. Cornerback from those 60s Packers when they were really good, like the best team in the world back then. Yeah, they were. They were, let's just be honest. <laughs> if we like it or not. Jay Vicky says 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter with the ball and a 14-point lead, and I'm still not comfortable. Yep, that was that's true. Brad McCarthy was saying, wow, wow, wow. He just couldn't believe it. We are going to piss it away, he thought, and I thought so too. Mike Dale, there he is. This guy's awesome. Uh, he's out of the New York area. Uh, not New York City, but New York State. Uh, he says, if the Vikes are anywhere still in it when it comes down to crunch time, Kirk will bleep the bed if given the opportunity. God, I wish I wasn't so pessimistic, but this team, and in particular this quarterback, has made me this way. If we win, it'll be a, it'll be counterproductive, but damn it, I hate the Packers, so try to win it. That's kind of how I felt as well, Mike. Ah, Dave Hickey says, love those thoughts. I feel the same way. Yep, isn't he good? <laughs> Mike Dill says, I'm sure a psychologist, psychiatrist would diagnose our entire fan base with a mass masochism. Yep, there's that word again, like from uh, Dave Martin earlier. Masochism or maybe Stockholm Syndrome, since we certainly back and defend this team that has perpetually held us captive in their misery. We are definitely not alright. Ha ha. Yep, that's true. Yep. I was making fun of the iPhone commercials where they're just like running around for filming movies with them and stuff, and I'm like, hashtag get a life. Yeah, I'm not impressed with all that stuff. I'm actually not. It's dumb. <laughs> I think these, yeah, it's dumb. It's okay to have your smartphone and everything, but when to make it like everything in your life, it's kind of dumb. Uh, I mentioned earlier The Great Blocks by Irv Smith. Oh, man, he was so good. Oh, yeah, Mark Carlson was saying, I can't watch today, uh, today, not because of the horrible season the Vikings are having, but because I will be helping someone build a radio tower today. That's good. I sure will be listening to the game, and speaking of listening, thanks for putting the Purple Modcast, Purple Pod, Purple Mafia podcast together each week. And thank you so much, Mark Carlson, out of Iowa. Legend, just a legend. Um, <laughs> yeah, Leland was saying, glad Cook is back. And we kind of keep looking around. I think that's about it, though. Yeah, Brett McCarthy was saying, he hopes Danzler's okay, hard hit. Yeah, what? No doubt about it. And Brett McCarthy, thank you for always, always being major part of those in-game threats. Always appreciate it. To the post-game thread, again, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. I think there was a visitor post this week, too. I hope I could find it, just to be polite and actually read it, you know. I feel like a jerk when it's not there. All comments, damn it, all comments. Leland was saying, that was the only other game I was hoping to get a win this year. Anytime we beat the Packers, is a glorious purple and gold day. Cook earned every penny we pay him this day. <laughs> Didn't have to rely on Cousins, and the defense was good enough. Quote-unquote good enough, he put there. Yep, for sure, for sure. Mike Dale, there he is. Says, I'm shocked. Completely counterproductive with the win, but I still love it. Anytime we get one over on the Packers. Obviously, the Wilfs have given the Zimmer Spielman a, a stay of execution. Yep. <laughs> Woo! With the trade of Yannick Ngakwe. Imagine your boss or CEO telling telling you that you are allowed to suck at your job or slack off for the rest of the year. Go ahead, Merry Christmas, Happy Thanksgiving, etc. In fact, the more you suck at your job, the better your team's chances of retaining your position next year due to higher-rated draft picks. Yep. <laughs> Mike Zimmer's team then goes out and knocks off the division 
leading rivals slash Packers in their own stadium. This team is an enigma, enigma, and it still shoots itself in the foot even by winning. Ha ha, classic Vikings, whatever. Skull, pros, Dalvin Cook, man, he was brilliant. Cons, we learned our chance, or we lessened our chance to draft a decent quarterback. I sure hope Cam Dancer is okay, and me too, me too. Thank you for that. Mike, that was awesome. Dave Hickey in the house. Let's see if I clicked like on some of these here. Dave Hickey's in the house. He says, am I surprised this year? Yes, but the Vikings have a lot of weapons on offense, more than Green Bay, except for that one position. And everyone knows who I mean. And Zimmer seems to get outcoached a little too much for my liking. So we'll probably end up 7-9. and nine. I'm beginning to see that too. And screw ourselves out of any shot of a top three or four quarterback. Although, I think there may be six or seven that could potentially be good. So, yes, hopefully. Eric Mostard says, hours later and I'm still shocked. I mean, we've shown sparks throughout the season, especially against the Seahawks, but we finished. We actually finished the game. We finally finished the game. Jeff Froyland says, I think I'm going to put my Christmas tree up. That game was definitely an early present. Yeah, no doubt. And there's Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi. He says, my computer screensaver. Yep, 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 yep. That was a big play. DJ won him grabbing and forcing the uh, strip sack of Aaron Rodgers there. That was awesome. Truly was. My new phone, my new phone lock screen. Yep, there's another angle of it with uh, Grape Crush in the background. Gotta love Grape Crush. It tastes really good, doesn't it? I need to get that again. I haven't had it for a long time. Grape Crush. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm. And yep, and you got some... Uh, he was smashing out that, that limeade right there. That lime or Sprite or whatever you want to say with the lime and green. Yeah. Jerry Hicks. There he is out of St. Louis. Boy, it's been a long time. Jerry Hicks out of St. Louis. Still remember you, buddy. Hope you're still a listener and great to hear from you. He says, great game. And Brett McCarthy says, well, we came to play. <laughs> no question about that. No question about that. Inbox. Inbox? What do you mean inbox? No, I'm just kidding. And I'm getting a white screen of uh, Void. Isn't that always fun to get a white screen when just nothing's happening? These are... Oh, yeah, here you go. This is very interesting. There he is. Mike Dale. Okay, this was back on October the 18th, and I didn't read this, I don't think. I apologize, Mike. He says, hey, Joey, long-time listener now for a few seasons. Always enjoyed your podcast on Monday mornings while commuting into work, and I finally decided to get in on the discussions. It's absolutely brutal trying to support your team when you have both the Giants and Jets both lying and competing for local TV market when your team is from another time zone. That said, keep up the good work and skull. Thank you so much, Mike. And isn't that cool when somebody that's been around for a while come pops in? Oh, it feels so good. And that's so cool. That's awesome. It, it God, that really is cool. Nice to meet you, Mike. And it's been it's been awesome. It really has. Let's see if there is a, I think so. I think this was, this is a, an actual, like, here we go. This is an actual post from October 26th. So, yep, there was this. Wait a minute. This isn't shared to Purple Mafia, is it? Or how, or is it? I don't get it. How many, uh, friend, my God, the people are, ugh. I don't think this is for me, though. No, that's separate. 
uh, bums upstairs, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you. Publish post on Brent Jacobson. There we go. There we go. This is what will help me. Come on now. Yeah, I thought it was Brent Jacobson. Oh, when they come home, they like to make noise. Mm -mm. Of course, and this thing likes to screw around too. Come on, man. It was here. And it's giving me the wrong thing. Man, that makes me angry. Makes me angry just like something else right now that I'm listening to in the background. But for some reason, I just can't seem to get to these anymore. You know, when they, they sh it used to have visitor posts and you could just read it. And there it is. But for some dang reason, it just won't show it anymore. Unless maybe I can just keep pushing and pushing. But I don't see it anymore. That's so dumb. Oh, no, that's scheduled. That's not going to help me either. Oh, my God. Yep, it won't let me do it. I don't know why I can't view other people's posts on the page. When that used to be, like, the easiest thing in the world. So, it's amazing how they complicate the simplest things nowadays. It's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> Pardon me. Um, it should be here. I should be able to see it, and I'm not seeing it. And the, the, the <laughs> I, it was here before. Maybe I'll view it as a visitor. Yeah, I'm, I'm a visitor now. What do you think of that? I'm viewing it as a visitor. I'm outside, and I'm still not seeing his post. Doesn't that just drive you crazy? Probably going to have to just yeah figure that out sometime. I'm so truly sorry. I, I really am. I guess the best place to do it, if you're going to share something, might be to put it in the messages, because that's how I got uh, Mike's message to me, and that's good to know he's a long-time listener. That is awesome, man. It really is. So with that said, can't thank you guys enough for listening to the show. Sorry it's so long, but I guess it's been two weeks, and it was a, we beat the Packers, and there was, you know, Matt Blair passing away, and, you know, and the trade of Yannick Ngakwe and all the other conversations that have been floating around out there and the frustrations of this and the shocking of that. and Man, it's been a weird couple of weeks, hasn't it? People dying. and Man, now hopefully uh, secondary players emerging and getting better and better. I thought Gladney was good. So with that said, I uh, hope you had a safe and happy Halloween out there, all of you. I'm not a huge Halloween fan, but there's a, there's a fun side to it. it I, I like the chill side of it compared to the yeah, being obnoxious side of it. There's an obnoxious side. There's a chill side. Yeah, you know, you can kind of guess what both of those two things are. Just kind of relaxing and not worrying about hanging out with a ton of people and making a lot of noise. Yeah, it's just not for me. Not for me. Um, no. <laughs> so it is what it is. If it's a corona year or not, it's not the kind of year I really, I mean, I don't really care about going out that much unless it's just a quiet dinner with someone uh, that's about it. So with everyone, with everything said, pretty much, here come the lawn cleanups again. But luckily, I was afraid I was going to end up having to work outside today and have a hell of a time doing the show. But uh, I've done it before. I'll just say, I'll just leave it at that. In years past, I've done it before. Otherwise, it's been quite a run. Uh, I'm glad that we have some dry weather coming up, so I can keep rolling through the cleanups. And I'm sure some of you might want to have some fun outside next couple of days. I'll get a just enjoy the, the autumn weather before it gets cold again, uh, which is coming up fairly quickly again. That's just reality. Uh, be safe on Election Day. However you feel, it's your opinion. 
I have mine. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. You know, otherwise, just be safe and uh, pray for the best of this country. And we'll talk to you guys in a week. Uh, Vikings will probably be on a two-game win streak at that time. Otherwise, uh, the way to get on the show like Mad Martin did, simply uh, use your phone as a, you know, just treat it like a phone call. Use the uh, free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet. Open it. Click record. Treat it like a phone call. Hit stop. Save it and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. That's all you got to do then. I'll convert it into an mp3 file thanks to zumzar.com, which I was able to do today. Really cool. Also, uh, final thing, please write a positive rating on iTunes or should I say Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or any of the other apps if they provide that uh, for you. And I will uh, then thank you very much on air if you're able to do that five-star rating. And uh, comment if you could. That would make a big difference. Uh, make like actually write a short review, long review, whatever you want to say. Thanks again, and great to meet all of you. Uh, let's pass out the stars for the show. Mad Martin's going to get the gold star. Mike Dale will get the silver. See, I'm almost forgetting stuff here, and I apologize. Mike Dale will get a gold-plated silver. A great, great run today. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Gerald Stringle will ring in the bronze. Can't thank you guys enough for such an awesome, awesome day. All of you are gold stars to me. You know, the Dave Hickey's, Brad McCarthy's, Cedric Pollings, you're all just gold stars at the end of the day. But for this show, we'll pass out the gold star to Mad Martin, silver star to Mike Dale, and bronze star to Gerald String. Thank you guys again. And, well, hopefully the Minnesota Vikings front office figures something out or the ownership uh, has them ship out and get in a group of guys that know what they're doing when it comes to the draft and uh, quarterbacks and offensive linemen. Oh, we can only hope and pray for that. Otherwise, take care, and we'll be back to review the Lions game next week.